0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning from Maryland. Welcome to our Saturday convention. We have a a nice day planned for you, uh, and we're happy for those that are on the radio, live stream, and for those who have uh, dialed in through webinar. Jane, how are you this morning?
1: I am good today. I've been up since like 2.30 this morning, and I've registered another person, and I'm to go. I've got my desk all strewn with all sorts of papers. And I'd like to have a, a say, a public thank you to my printer, my, my Braille embosser, my Columbia, because without my plus my Columbia, I would never be able to do this. So, uh, Colin, the Columbia, thank you so much for your assistance. So Very we're good. ready to go.
0: Let's start right off uh, with... A welcome from our president, and then that will be followed by Meryl Schechter, uh,
2: and then we'll
0: okay, jump in, you and I. Okay. Go ahead, Joanne.
3: Yeah. Yes, I'm here. Hello, everyone. Good morning, and welcome to the ACB of Maryland Convention. We're so glad that so many people have registered, and welcome to everyone out there listening on live stream. Um, we have a varied and very interesting program planned for all day today, and we hope Many of you will be able to stay around for the auction this evening. That should be a lot of fun. So welcome, everyone, and I will hand it on over to Meryl Schechter, our Program Committee Chair.
4: Good morning to ACB members and friends listening on ACB radio, on Zoom, and on the phone. My name is Meryl Schechter, and I am the Convention Committee Chair, and as well as being the Vice President of the American Council of the Blind of Maryland, And I also wear several other hats in ACB, in my local chapter, as well as in the national arena. And it gives me great pleasure to acknowledge and to introduce to you my other committee members who worked on as a team. And as a matter of fact, last night, Beverly Thompson alluded to the fact that we were the A-team. And I said, this is great. And All these members have done a stellar job in planning this program. We have worked extremely hard and have gone through this exciting journey together. Now, my other committee members are Glenda Blanchard, Robin Hughes, Pat Sheehan, and Jane Corona, who have done an excellent job. And I would like each of you to talk briefly about your experiences on this journey in being on the team. Glenda, would you like to let me know about your experience?
5: Good morning everyone.
4: Good morning. Good morning. I've had a a, a really
5: good experience with
6: this um, committee. Everything fell into place and we all worked together I'm happy to be a part of the A team, and I and and I'm happy to have so many people. Um, come to Maryland for our convention.
4: Thank That's you. w-
7: wonderful. You're welcome, uh, Robin. Would you like to <clears throat> chime in? Thank you very much, Meryl, and thank you. You're welcome to everyone who has joined us and to all of my colleagues and to all of the presenters who have made today possible and made this weekend possible. We couldn't do this without the support of everyone in the community. And it's just been a wonderful experience for me. It's truly been an honor and a privilege to have been able to work with all of you. And I look forward to having the opportunity, hopefully, to um, spend many more years um, working with all of you and um, getting to know all of the attendees and our future conventions. Thank you again. You're welcome. Great job, Robin. Pat, let us know about
4: your... Trajectory on your journey um, on this committee.
0: Thank you, Merrill. Uh, it's all about teamwork. It's all about teamwork, as as we all know in ACB. Uh, it's about getting a program together, uh, having people put their best talents time uh, into the process. Uh, personal responsibility, accountability, and we came up with a great team everyone working together and respecting each other's talents. So I, I think that's one of the things that we see in, in this convention. I think we see it throughout ACB, uh, certainly teaming up also with ACB radio. Uh, what a terrific group of people to work with. Uh, so thank you for the opportunity. It's great to have everybody out there in uh, radio land. And for those that are in through Zoom, we appreciate you being here too. Thank you.
4: Oh, you're welcome. And Jane, last but not least, tell us what knowledge, skills, and abilities you utilized in helping us with this committee. Well, I'm the detail person. Um, I'm
1: the one that has spreadsheets for everything in the world, and I'm the treasurer of ACB of Maryland. So it's my great joy to be behind the scenes usually and processing credit cards and, and uh, keeping track of the auction items and the sponsorships and, and all those things. So, um, so that's, that's my great joy. And um, speaking of sponsorships, can I, uh, can I acknowledge? Sure. Some sponsors? sure. Because um, these people have donated, you know, um to let's see we we have several sponsorship categories um um, let's do the corporate titanium sponsors first um these people have donated a hundred dollars or more uh gary and ninette legates from westminster maryland uh patrick sheehan from silver spring maryland rick belcher from st louis missouri vanda pharmaceuticals and um The Central Maryland Council of the Blind in Baltimore and Margot Hope from Pampered Chef. Those are our our titanium sponsors. Um, Let me do the other ones since we're here. Um, Fifty dollar. These people have donated fifty dollars for a silver sponsorship. Um, Gary and Shirley Messman from Towson. Norma Service and Robin Hughes. And Al Goltz from Rockville, Maryland. And there's one more. Yes, Tony Stevens from Baltimore. Um, And then a couple of people have donated bronze sponsorships. Uh, That's $25 ones. Glenda Blanchard from Baltimore. Meryl Schechter from Windsor Mill, Maryland. Kathy Brandt from Laurel, Maryland. Cindy Laban from Gaithersburg. And I think... That is all of the sponsorships. Oh, uh, the the board of directors of ACB of Maryland has voted that half of this money that we've um, gotten from sponsorships will be donated to ACB Radio um, to show our appreciation for the 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 wonderful assistance we've gotten from ACB Radio um, to put this convention together. So. Um,
4: That's great, and thank you, Jane. And also, I wanted to thank Joanne for letting me chair this committee. Thank you so much, Joanne. And also, for me being the chair, I really loved mentoring Glenda. I watched seeing her grow as a leader, and I'm so proud of her. And I'm getting emotional right now, but, I mean, she's amazing. She's just blossomed. And then Robin, as a young emerging leader and working on the audio description project and um, the uh, performing arts subcommittee. I mean, this is amazing, Robin. I'm so proud of you because of all the work you've done in the museum arena as a docent, and also um, the um, Pat and Jane. Well, first of all, um, I would like to say that as the master and mistress- <laughs> what? I'm the time to make it quick. It's almost quarter after nine. It's time. Oh, okay. Well, I just want to say that um, Pat and Jane, you have been national leaders in your own right. Pat being involved in transportation, you being treasurer of several organizations, and you being on, in the state arena and local. And it's just amazing. So I just want to acknowledge everybody and thank everybody. Thanks thank so much. Marrow. Thank you. That's is, great. You're uh,
0: welcome. It's always an honor to serve, and, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. Thank you, uh, Jane. If you want to go through our morning agenda, and then I think we will be ready for uh, for uh, our first panel
1: because it's time for our first panelist, um, who is John Owen, the director of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, um, and after that is a panel discussion about how ACB and Maryland are dealing with the COVID uh, pandemic. And uh, after that, we'll have a 10 minute break just because that's what we usually do during per, uh, in-person conventions. And we forgot we were doing it on Zoom. So we didn't need to do that, but we did. And then at 1055, we'll have some door prizes. And after that is a panel discussion um, about different ways of shopping for food, um, and that gets us to noon, so we'll stop that, and I'll I will give the rest later, um, but right now, um, it, it's, I'm so pleased to to have um, John Owen, the director of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled. Libraries have always been a huge part of my life, and um, and of course, we're one of the people that's on the the e-reader pilot project, so that I'm so happy I live in Maryland for that. So, um, John, uh, would you like to tell us what's new at the library?
8: Absolutely, absolutely. So glad to hear that you all are having a great convention and all the great things that you've done to this point. Uh, On behalf of Irene Padilla, the state librarian, uh, the Maryland State Library Agency, the Maryland State Library Board, and the staff of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, I thank you for this opportunity to address the American Council of the Blind of Maryland 2021 virtual convention on Zoom from anywhere to you everywhere. Uh, These are certainly unprecedented times. Um, I'll share uh, just uh, some highlights of what we're doing, and I'll be happy to take questions afterwards if uh, time permits. Uh, The first big news for us is that we have a new name uh, as of October one. We are the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled. Uh, This name aligns us with the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled and with the language of the Marrakesh Treaty. And while the plans for us of a grand unveiling have turned to a gradual rollout uh, because of the pandemic, most of our front-facing media, our social media, our website, our email, our phone, uh, they use our new name. Um, we have been reaching out to organizations that link to us to have them update our information. Uh, we're working on handi- handouts and building signage and the rest. They'll, that'll come in the next few months. Um, we owe many thanks to the legislators who sponsored the bill for our name change, uh, including Delegate Kathy Forbes and, uh, and the advocacy of the blind community across the state. Um, during this past year, uh, we promoted Mary Ramos to assistant director of our library. We welcomed Denise Sellers as our office secretary, and we welcomed Jordan Farinelli as our new collection development librarian. Uh, Jordan uh, was onboarded in April of 2020 after we had gone to mandatory telework, uh, which I'm sure was quite a surreal experience for her, but uh, we're grateful for all the ideas and contributions that she's been able to bring to our staff, even in these somewhat strange times. Which brings me to the other big news which of course is the pandemic Uh, in march the majority of our staff began telework we had essentially a day to prepare Uh, we did an amazing job of moving most of our staff to telework led by our i.t specialist kevin middleton uh, making sure that everyone had the technology they needed for a home office including ensuring that accessible equipment was uh, available for our blind and low vision staff Uh, we we remain closed to public visits to the building though we continue to send out materials daily and answer phone calls and emails as well as provide programming. Uh, we have had a limited number of staff coming in each day throughout the pandemic to gather materials to send out and handle returns We, while wearing masks, physically distancing, and using all the precautions when handling materials. Um, we've made adjustments to the floor plan, um, to enable physical distancing and safe movement through the library, both now and for when we are able to have public visits again. Uh, We've installed plexiglass barriers around our service desks. All our visitors and staff are screened daily. Um, We were somewhat unique among uh, libraries for the blind across the country in that we were able to be open throughout the pandemic. And I'm grateful to the support of our agency to continue to fulfill that mission. Um, In September, we were contacted by the National Library Service uh, to participate in the Braille e-reader pilot. Jane mentioned that she's on that pilot, and that's wonderful. Um, It is using a 20-cell humanware device with Wi-Fi. NLS is continuing to test this device out at two libraries uh, across the country and uh, also looking at a Zoomax device at two other libraries in this initial pilot. Uh, NLS is looking to gather information to identify a quality device for wider distribution to all patrons across the country participants are surveyed uh, at registration and at two four and six months of the pilot Uh, for this pilot we began by contacting the patrons that borrowed braille materials from our library uh, through referrals and connections Um, we have expanded the number of participants and have to date distributed over 120 devices Uh, we have seen downloads of braille titles Increase. uh, We had 219 in July before the pilot started, and by October we had 1,500 for the month of October. Over 3,000 Braille downloads from Bard in November, and another 1,100 in December. So we're happy to see the increase access. To materials, and we'd like to see more people take advantage of this pilot. Uh, at this point, we continue to welcome Braille readers to participate in the pilot. So please contact our library and we'll, we'll work to get you registered and get a device in your hands for testing. Um, the feedback you give helps NLS and LBPD make decisions that benefit our patrons in the future. Um, NLS is committed long-term to providing these devices to patrons in Maryland and across the country. Another project that we are moving forward with is what we call Books on Demand. Uh, Books on Demand allows LBPD to create custom cartridges based on preferences and requests. Currently, if you request an audiobook from us, uh, we retrieve a single cartridge with a single book on it for each request that you make. Um, and that is if we have a copy available on the shelf, because all of them may be checked out. With books on demand, a cartridge is loaded on a regular basis that includes multiple requests. For instance, say you wanna read all the books in a series. We can put them all on one cartridge. Because the audio books, uh, the audio files are housed in an electronic database, they are also always available. So fewer cartridges with more books and, and more immediate availability. Uh, This will improve our access to our patrons who depend on the physical cartridge in the digital talking book player for their materials. Uh, With the rollout of this project, the pandemic altered our workflow a bit, our ability to proceed with testing. Uh, But as we've settled into this new workflow, uh, we've been able to start practicing with the hardware called the Scribe. And in November, we began a a pilot of patrons, uh, thanks to the intentional and methodical work of Mary Ramos and Jordan Farinelli. We will significantly increase the number of audiobook patrons served by duplication in, on demand uh, and this Books on Demand program in the next six months. Uh, if you would like to be you know, one of the first, please contact us. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, start you on that, on that process even now. In programming, I begin with last March. Uh, we have uh, annually hosted the Center Stage Mobile Theater Unit, but uh, our fourth production from them was canceled in person, but Baltimore Center Stage provided an accessible virtual experience that we were able to share with patrons. Uh, This is just one example of the pivot that we were able to do with programming. All our programs moved moved primarily to teleconference for ease of access for patrons, as well as Zoom or WebEx as used by some of our patrons. To our good fortune, Jerry Price, our Assistive Technology Education Program Coordinator, had already decided that all of our technology user group programs would include a teleconference element as well as an in-person format for 2020 to expand access to the programs in real time. Uh, so while we were only able to have in-person tugs in January and February of last year, many patrons were already used to calling in for the program, and from there, attendance soared once we went on to an all-teleconference format in March after the pandemic restrictions. As one example, we had 70 callers for our August technology user group on the Blindshell mobile device. Other programming, like our partnership with the University of Maryland Extension, which is continuing monthly in 2021, uh, writing programs for youth, Mad Libs, and weekly trivia for summer reading and co-sponsoring author talks with other libraries around the state helped us to maintain a vibrant relationship with our patrons. Uh, Ashley Biggs, our marketing and outreach librarian, as well as LaShawn Miles, our youth services librarian, as well as Jerry Price, uh, led our programming efforts over the past year. We continue to offer new accounts uh, for Bookshare to our patrons. Uh, We encourage patrons who have not used Bookshare before to enroll for accounts through the library. And we encourage uh, students transitioning out of school where their accounts were free to enroll in Bookshare with the library as well. Uh, We're grateful to the friends of the library uh, for their support in this program. Um, At least two of our recording studio volunteers... Have set up home studios to continue recording Marylandia materials. We have expanded to 15 volunteers in the studio and look forward to the time when we can safely begin recording again on site. Uh, we have uploaded over 200 books to Bard during this time. Uh, they have been downloaded over 13,800 times. So, Andrew Russell, our recording studio manager, has been a great guide for our volunteers. In the Maryland Accessible Textbook Program, uh, the team, uh, led by Joe Beckett, Brittany Lee, and Lisa Washington, converted and provided over 6,000 chapters to 47 students in the last year, and they've seen a steady flow of student engagement even during the pandemic. We continue to send out over 18,000 items a month, led by our technical services team of Larry Smith, Shirley Roan, and Patricia Bennett. We've added an average of 30 new patrons a month processed by our patron services team of Amanda Gonzalez, Taryn Tranby, and Mosetta Trueheart. We've answered an average of 800 reference inquiries a month. Our building itself at 415 Park Avenue has a new water heater, a new security gate, new patron area windows, a new HVAC software control system, repaired masonry from a car collision. That's a, quite a story. Uh, and a full review of our building systems. Uh, Many thanks to our maintenance chief, William Jones, our maintenance and janitorial personnel and our guards for keeping the staff safe and comfortable during this, during this pandemic. Uh, During this time of telework, we discovered new and more efficient ways to process our invoices and our billing. So thanks to Denise Sellers and to Matthew Nixon, our business manager and, and the glories of Adobe sign electronic signatures uh, for helping, uh, helping keep our work up to date and actually moving faster than than even before. So those are probably processes that we'll keep, uh, along with many other things, even after we are able to reopen and come back in person. Addressing equality, diversity, and inclusion is an important part of the mission of LBPD and the Maryland State Library Agency and libraries across the state. Staff from LBPD are participating at the agency level, to craft a statement on EDI for the agency and begin to provide resources to staff for creating an even more inclusive and accessible environment for ourselves and our patrons. LaShawn Miles also uh, is also facilitating at the statewide level with Project Ready, a year-long workshop with public library staff to address and discuss EDI issues. This is not to say that we haven 't faced some challenges, obviously, the pandemic has affected how we worked as a staff. We miss being together, we miss seeing you all for meetings and tours and and just drop in visits uh, but we 've adjusted to these kinds of virtual meetings and uh and you know managed to continue to get things done. Mail delivery has been an acute challenge for us, especially in July and August. Uh, And again, in December and this month, January, Um, thanks to the advocacy of public libraries in the blind community, we have been able to connect with Postal Service representatives. Uh, We have seen improvements, uh, but there continue to be issues with the mail. Um, They are the the United States Postal Service are our partners and in many ways, uh, the lifeline. And um, so we just continue to address those issues with USPS representatives. Um, one of the other challenges that we continue to have is uh, is with the Department of Information Technology, which is also another state of Maryland agency. Um, just to give you a little background, for over uh, 22 years prior to the Maryland State Library Agency's establishment as an independent agency in July of 2017, our IT infrastructure was provided by the Sailor Network, uh, which is a project of Maryland's public libraries that since 1994 has provided statewide broadband internet access for public library schools and local government in Maryland. Uh, Subsequent to becoming an agency, its own independent state agency, MSL began working with Do It Directly and was asked to incorporate LBPD services under this umbrella. The primary issues for LBPD as a front-facing customer-based organization are that delays in do-it service response times due to siloed departments, which handle only specific aspects of issues, um, have slowed down uh, you know, our ability in some ways to implement new hardware into what we do. The change to do-it also reduced access of our staff IT specialists to full network monitoring and troubleshooting tools. Uh, DoIT also does not have the knowledge of specific assistive technologies and how they integrate with the network, which our IT specialist and other staff do. Uh, DoIT has improved its infrastructure in terms of its Internet pipeline, Network Maryland, and its cybersecurity for machines on this network. But still, the Maryland State Library Agency continues to request more access to network credentials for its on-site IT specialists so that they can manage our unique network of hardware and software at LBPD, which includes, of course, our recording studio, computers for public access with accessibility software, software and hardware specific to our circulation services, and the equipment, of course, provided to our patrons. In our most recent response, which was just a few weeks ago, we requested a meeting with it to request that our IT specialists have necessary network credentials to add and manage devices to our network. And uh, those, are, those are, I think, the, some of the biggest challenges that we face to uh, continue to provide excellent um, customer service to all of you across the state. In summary, uh, I couldn't be more proud of our staff for adapting and innovating through these difficult circumstances. Um, we've learned a lot of things that will carry over even after we open reopen the building at a safe and appropriate time. We are diligently working towards solving the challenges, and we're laying the groundwork for these new models of service. Um, you can, of course, contact our library by email or phone, and I can provide these either to Jane to share out with all of the group. Um, Why but-
4: don't you them now?
8: Hmm.
1: you just going to give them out.
8: Yeah, I can go ahead and give them out, but uh, if you need them in writing, I can, I can do that as well. You can reach us at reference.desk at Maryland.gov, or you can call our reference desk, 410-230-2443. You can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, as well as get general information from, uh, about us from our agency website, which is MarylandLibraries.org. Which links also to our LBPD blog. Uh, in the end, everything we do is for you, our patrons, so that all may read. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak. I can take any questions if you like.
1: I have one question. Sure. Uh, maybe Monica's looking for others. I'm here. <laughs> okay. I just. Um, okay. I was really pleased to hear that. <clears throat> that. Um, A couple of hundred books from the Marylandia collection are on BARD. If I was going to look on BARD to find those specific books, how would I find them?
8: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Unfortunately, BARD isn't built for a keyword search on Maryland itself. Um, Oftentimes, if you that is, It's a difficult thing to do, and we're working on creating a list that we can actually post on our website so that, we can, so that people can find them. But um, in BARD itself, uh, the BARD website is just not built searchably to, to get down to that kind of um, detail, like recorded at the Maryland Library. Um, but what I would suggest is you know, it's usually a search on Maryland uh, or even Marylandia will sometimes turn up uh, a good number of the books that are there. So I wish I had a better answer for you, and we do continue to work with NLS on that question, but um, that's uh, probably your best way. Thanks.
9: Okay, if anybody has questions, you can raise your hand by doing Alt-Y on your PC, Options-Y on your Mac. If you're on a phone with a keypad, it's Mm -hmm. star 9, and if you're using an app... It'll be in the middle of your screen, okay, let's see Joanne. you should be unmuted,
3: okay um I just wanted to public publicly thank John and all the library staff um I was in I live in a, an independent living portion of a retirement community, so we were locked down for several months and I want to thank you for providing all that wonderful reading material that kept me from going crazy, <laughs> and um, so I just wanted to thank you very much for all you do for us.
8: You're very welcome. It's our it's our pleasure to provide this service, and I'm glad we uh, we we understand the the lifeline that we can be. and 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 you're very welcome. We will continue to do that.
9: So We have area code three one four ending in. Six nine.
8: Uh,
10: I'd like to ask, how are you doing with descriptive videos?
8: We continue to have a uh, a collection of descriptive videos that you can request. Um, yeah, what we're what we're finding more and more is that uh, DVDs are, um, especially with with DVDs, it it's more of a standard. Um, uh, so. Yeah, It's more of a standard, so there isn't... We have to provide that collection ourselves, so a lot of it is is budget-oriented, um, whereas a lot of our other audiobooks are provided by the National Library Service. But we continue to have a collection of descriptive DVDs that are available for checkout.
10: That's uh, great. Uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, okay. and we get... They have stuff there. One of the best uh groups have put out stuff is uh is from canada called audio vision canada and they mm-hmm. put out a lot of uh different stuff particularly a lot of your uh old old movies mm-hmm. things and you have yeah. some pretty good ones
8: all right all right well John. if you're in st louis um Actually, interestingly enough, the head of the Wolf, the director of the Wolfner Library, the uh, Library for the Blind there in Missouri, uh, is actually our previous director, Leslie Bowman, uh, who was uh, previously director here at the Maryland State Library for the Blind. So,
10: yeah. Yeah, and she's a good one.
8: Yes, she is. Yes, she is.
0: is. John, if I could jump in for a minute on as far as audio description is concerned. He has been running a project now for uh, about 11
1: years. Uh, you're breaking up, Pat.
0: Audio. Hmm?
1: You're, you're cutting out.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Is this better? Yes. Okay. Uh, acb.org slash ADP is the <laughs> website audio description project. Sure. And uh, on that website, it has listings for television shows, mm-hmm. movies, uh, it just goes through the entire project, talks about lots of different audio description that is being done sure. uh, museums and uh, national parks, all of that kind of thing so it 's a great Absolutely. resource
2: mm-hmm.
0: for you to be able to take a look at uh, it's very comprehensive as far as uh, i think it 's forty five hundred audio described titles that they have listed sure, and uh, where to get yeah. them yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, tremendous work being done. And I think uh, patrons throughout um, uh, Maryland and actually throughout the United States are coming to ACB to get information on audio description, how it works, where can I get it? Can I apply it here, here and here? So yeah. great work.
8: Yeah. So yes, I, that is, that is wonderful work that you all are doing. Um, and, you know, we're great. You, it, it could be something that we can, point to, you know, that that certainly is something that on our website and in our uh, discussions that we can point to uh, all of the resources that are out there. Um, you know, that we're all partnering together to make sure that content is, is available in all kinds of formats. So, thank you for that, Pat. Good.
0: Thank you.
1: Yes.
9: And, John, there are no other questions right
1: now. Okay. I can ask one. Understand. Oh, sure. Um, with the e-reader um, project, um, people of differing skill abilities are using these e-readers, and how is the library handling tech support questions with regard to setting up and using the e-reader? Because um, I know some people on the list sure. have, have been having some issues with, with uh, dealing with it, you know
8: yeah. Um, well, they are. You can certainly call us. We actually had three of our staff um, Jerry Price, as well as Kevin Middleton and Jordan Farinelli, who have, um, we have designated as our three tech support um people they're the people that have kind of really delved in to the manual delved into uh you know just the technical aspects of it and troubleshooting and those kinds of things so you can certainly give us a call i know that there is uh there is the listserv that 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 uh, where patrons can talk to one another and kind of work things out but uh, if you need some technical assistance uh Feel free, call that reference desk number, that 410-230-2443, and we'll put you in touch or send us an email uh, and um, we'll, put you, we'll connect to you or for whoever needs that assistance, we'll connect them with one of our technical, service, or our, our technical experts and uh, try to work through, um, work through issues that may be having. I know that there are people that have called and we have been working with them. Um, one of the cool things that we've actually found out, uh, just while I'm kind of riffing on this, this, uh, this topic, um, with our Books on Demand project, we found that um, we are able to now do that with uh, a... make a cartridge with multiple Braille books on it. So if you're having difficulties with Wi-Fi or you don't have Wi-Fi... Um, that is not a barrier to you using this Braille e-reader device. You can request a cartridge similar to you know, an audiobook cartridge. It'll be an NLS cartridge that'll have the Braille files on it. And so we can provide access that way. So I know we've been working with uh, talking directly with some of our patrons about that, as well as helping them get their, their BARD access and their Wi-Fi access. So feel free to call us. We have people to help. Sorry about that. That's my phone in the background.
9: <laughs> we do have another question for you. Sure, go ahead. It is area code 301, ending in 800. Hi, um, this is Francie
11: Gilman. Um, I'm a librarian, and um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing, John, and all of you at LBPD. Um I'm wondering, a a friend is not too familiar with um, technology and you may have answered this the last time, but can somebody help her out with downloading to her phone and registering for BARD and just, I know it's hard to do that um, when you're not one-on-one, but um, is this the kind of
8: thing that your staff can help with? Yes, we can. Uh, yes, we can. Uh, and I would, again, contact us. Um, we, can, we can help with that. Um, I know that uh, particularly Jerry Price, uh, our assistive technology specialist, he, he's doing one-on-one classes, you know, helping people uh, even through the, uh, the pandemic. Um, he has been uh, on the phone with uh, people, Uh, just to work with them, teaching them about the accessibility um, uh, features on their phones or other mobile devices. So um, I know Jerry in particular, but any number of our staff would be able to help with that. So please call, and we'll be happy to help. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
9: There are no other questions right now.
0: And John, this is Pat Sheehan. I have a question for Sure. Um, What subjects have you been uh, discussing in your technology user group? What kind of subjects do you uh, cover? And uh, are you using a platform like Zoom, or how do you connect to that group?
8: We have been using... um, We have actually been using freeteleconference.com. So it's been all teleconference. Um, The nice... The subscription that we have with that... Um, is good because it doesn't require any kind of access code. Uh, you just call up the number and you're in. Um, so that really uh, improves access for people. Um, so that's that's the platform that we've been using for that and actually for a lot of our programs. Uh, on our website, you can find our... Um, you can actually listen to a number of our previous Uh, Tug Groups. Uh, Jerry, of course, he does around November his holiday gift guide, uh, where he gives some kind of like uh, the kind of uh, gifts that um, maybe not everyone has. Uh, This past January one, he actually did an interesting one where he looked at Microsoft Edge and new improvements in Windows Narrator. So to kind of uh, understand um, those accessibility features and the immersive reader uh, feature on um, Microsoft Edge, so it's that kind of thing. He's he's uh, I'm trying to think. He this coming month he's uh, he's it's he's it's a bit of a surprise for us because uh, he said he's going to look at some new and interesting apps for your for your phone. In the past, he's looked at the Amazon you know like the Amazon Echo and Alexa. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned, he's done the blind shell mobile phone. So he does a variety of, um, things sometimes specifically for the blind and low vision community, and sometimes, uh, just general commercial off the shelf products and, uh, looking at their level of accessibility.
0: Very good. That sounds like interesting programs. I'm yes. if, if we have any thoughts or ideas or type of programming that we'd like to see, him cover in his calendar for 2021. Does he take
8: suggestions? He, I'm sure he could. Yes. That would yeah. Be, that would be great. Okay. You can, you can certainly. Yeah.
9: <laughs> okay. We have another question for you. Area code 443 ending in 288.
5: This is Ninette Legate. I just wanted to comment as someone who has been using the, the pilot device. Yeah. Uh, that it, it has just been a very positive experience for me. Um, I'm very familiar with Braille displays, but I have read, I just wanted to say to anyone who might not have joined this yet and might be considering it, that it, it really is very much worth doing um, because it the access is just so easy for finding books and downloading them. And I have read a number of books that I would not have otherwise been reading. Um, So it's, it's been a real good experience for me. And I just hope that it might help someone if I share that.
8: I am so glad to hear that. Um, I think that's, you know, that's been the purpose of uh, NLS, you know, wanting to, to start this pilot and kind of moving in that direction. Um, they had to find a, a good device um, that uh, was the right price point for mass distribution, and um, but still have, you know, good features to make reading easy. And um, I'm glad to hear that you're having such a great experience with it. So thank you very much.
9: Okay, next we have Joyce. Good morning.
6: Um, I used to be on an email distribution list that told now, me hopefully when the- my hand when the Tug were being held, what the topics are.
8: Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Joyce, you're thinking that you haven't been getting our LBA um, our I, LBPD listserv?
6: Yeah, I have not gotten it in over a year. Huh.
8: Okay. Um, what I can do, um, if you could do this um, – if you can email, in fact, email me. I am o w e n at maryland.gov. Um, okay. So that's john.owen at maryland spelled out dot gov. Um, okay. Just email me, um, just say, and I'm assuming that that'll be the, whatever you email me on is the email that you want uh, to be on the listserv. I'll double check the, the list. Um I know I've been sending out things on the listserv, so uh, we'll get you back on if somehow you were you aren't on there or um we'll figure it out. So email me and um and we'll make sure that you're that you're on there or we get you on there.
6: Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome.
9: Any more that's
1: it for now for questions. Okay. Um well um I don't know what you think, Pat. There's 10 minutes before our next presentation. Um, I'm going
0: to ask John one more question, if I could. All right. Okay. All right. John, uh, it's been a few years uh, since I've looked at this. The Marylandia part of the website, what does that part consist of? Can you, can you go into that for a couple
8: of minutes? Marylandia. Uh, so Marylandia is—they uh, are the books that we record locally. Um, just in, just for anyone that may not know, um, most of our content uh, we get from the National Library Service, uh, and it is your commercial audiobooks, it's your popular bestsellers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we supplement that collection in our. Uh, in our library as well as several other network libraries across the, the country um, by recording books, maybe more uh, more, more niche books um, about Maryland or by Maryland authors. So we record those in our recording studio with volunteers that come in and uh, or right now we have a couple that are doing it remotely and they record the books, we mark them up and we upload them to BARD. So, that is, so that's our Marylandia collection. They are available not just to Maryland residents, but to people across the, across the country. Um, so I hope that, does that answer what you were asking it, about?
0: It, yeah, it does. I was not aware that they were uploaded to Bard. So that is fascinating. I think that's great. Yes. I, mean, it, I, I have to confess that years ago, you know, I got Michener's Chesapeake Right. And read that, and mm-hmm. realized how much about Maryland and I've been here for years, I didn't know about Maryland, so there's sure. there's so much to learn about the state that um, or a given state or region that we don't know mm-hmm. about, yeah, yeah, good
8: so yes, so we continue to uh, you know record those um, record those those particular books uh, and um, and uh, and just to provide them and provide that that extra content. Um, that maybe NLS doesn't have, you know, they can't they can't get to everything. So we try to add to that level of access.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Very good. Thank you, John.
8: Appreciate How
1: that. are books chosen for the Marylandia collection?
8: Um, a lot of them are, it's a combination of things. Sometimes uh, authors will come to us and say, you know, we're interested. Uh, we do look, you know, we do comb around and see what's new and coming out. Uh, if you have a recommendation, you know we take, you know we'll take a recommendation and we'll uh, and we'll review it um, and see if we, you know, we'll put it on the list of projects. So, um, so it's in. Those are the ways that we that we get ideas. I know there was one
1: book that you did that was, I think it was, it was either published by or it had authors. Who went to Salisbury, well, Salisbury State College then, and it right. was my, my alma mater. So I was. How about the, that? That's the last book I've read from the Marylandia collection. I can't wait to go and see if I can find the
8: others. Yeah, yeah. That's great.
0: Last question for me, John. I, okay. Are you running any book clubs out of, uh, out of the uh, <laughs> library in Baltimore?
8: Not currently. Um, we have in the past, but not. We haven't currently. Um, that's uh, certainly, you know, as we're looking at programming. If we find interest in them, uh, you know, if we it would certainly be something that we would consider doing again, but not currently.
0: Yeah. Okay. There are certainly a lot of book clubs out there. There
8: uh, are. Yeah. There are a lot it, of opportunities.
0: It, that's a great way to keep people connected and uh, reading and discussing mm-hmm. books, and, that could, and that's good. Yeah. I belong to one of them that's a no pressure audio book club, oh, which is good great. since I don't read as much as I should, so I kind of get <laughs> asked every once in a while. One of the things I should be doing more of.
1: Yes. Yeah. Any more questions? There are no more questions. No more questions. Okay. Um, well, John, thank you so much. This has been wonderful, and, and uh, the library has been such a part of my life since. Um, when I was six years old, my father came on a Friday afternoon, and he plunked down this big old wooden talking book machine on the dining room table. Oh my table goodness! And he said, "Here, here, here's here's this talking book. It was it was uh, Maple Sugar for Windyfoot by Francis Frost." And I said, "Oh, I've already read that one." <laughs> so I, I was, <laughs> That's I was, a
8: wonderful memory.
1: <laughs> so, so, but ever since then, um, I've been an avid. Uh, Patron of the library in Baltimore, and that was a long time ago. So, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, uh, to spend with us on a Saturday morning. Thank sure.
8: You. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you for all that you do as an organization to advocate for the community, to, to, um, to uh, be out there and uh, be active. And thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Appreciate
8: Take it. Care. All right. Um, have a great day. Thank, Thank you.
1: John. One thing I forgot to mention when I was reading sponsorships, um, Beverly Thompson from Longevity wanted me to make sure that everyone knows that if they purchase something um, as a result of hearing it on this this convention from her her Longevity, um, that three dollars of it of the purchase will go to ACB of Maryland. So I'm very much thinking about that myself. So. Um, so keep that in mind if you'd like to to purchase some of the things that that Jevity has uh, in their product line. So, um, I know it.
0: we just dis- we discussed that last night, Jane. And uh, every time I read it with jaws, it still comes over as yummy buddies.
1: Yummy buddies, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah.
0: I had to actually spell it by letter by letter, and it is longevity, but. I don't know. Somehow or other, I kind of like yummy buddies.
1: You know? Sometimes I, I get to talking like my computer, and I never can remember which way is correct the way it really is or the way my computer pronounces it so. Leavenworth or Leavenworth. So I, I never yeah. You
0: know. It I, always, yeah, we all get caught on that. It's
1: the hazards of using screen reading software. That's true. You don't for know. those
0: of us that depend on it, for you guys yeah. that have Braille, it's a lot easier.
1: Absolutely. See, see, you should have learned yeah. Braille. When chance see <laughs>
0: that that is probably true and uh, and you're pleased with the with the uh, e-reader
1: very much can. so um, it's it's small it's only a 20 cell braille display as a matter of fact yesterday i went when i got my foot operated on and i i shoved the e-reader in my purse and i went off to the doctor's office and just in case i had a chance to read so um so it's it's very convenient so i really like the the e-reader and i'm very happy that maryland is part of the the pilot so yes
0: that's great has uh has the braille revival league talked much about that have they covered that topic
1: uh yeah in a little bit um and we we have had discussions about various new braille displays that are coming on the market and new um, note-taking devices also. So, yeah, so um, that's a very, very popular topic for for a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of people can't wait until the e-reader is, whichever one they decide on, is um, widely available to everyone. So.
0: Yeah, and just talking back to libraries, um, one of the things I've noticed when I get a chance to review all the community chats are the number of book clubs that they have in the community chats for groups that are, uh, that are uh, doing book discussions. You know, it's, it's just amazing how popular that is and a a good use of your time when we're all sort of still stuck inside under COVID protocol. And uh, so it's good to have that uh, between uh, Movies and streaming services and books and media uh, I'm not getting bored. maybe it's my poor time management or something, but uh, there's an awful lot to do awful yeah. lot to read.
1: well, I think it's time for our next present presentation. We the can
0: do hand, that
1: The minute hand is straight up, so all right you want to uh, introduce our next
0: I certainly will um, our next panel is going to be talking about. Uh, where we stand, particularly in Maryland with uh, COVID 19, uh, and also from the AP- ACB's perspective. Uh, we have two panelists. Uh, first panelist is Cecilia Warren. She is the Director of Emergency Preparedness Policy with the Maryland Department of Disabilities. And our second panelist will be Clark Rockhold, who is the Director of advocacy and governmental affairs with acb uh cecilia i didn't hear that you came in but i was maybe busy talking
12: they're here
0: you're here great
12: they're both here
13: yes can you hear me
0: yes certainly can that's okay. great thank great. you cecilia
13: thank you. Good. <laughs> thank you thank you for that introduction would you like me to get started
0: sure you're on thank you cecilia
13: okay Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you for such an enthusiastic introduction. Secretary Beatty sends her her warm regards this morning. I am delighted to be co-presenting with Clark. And today um, we are summarizing a curated list of COVID-19 response and recovery activities. I will be speaking specifically about Maryland while Clark is representing the national work of ACB. Before we dive into the presentation, I would like to start with a profile of the epidemiology data released at 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, This was released from Maryland Department of Health, also known as MDH. These figures represent the reporting period starting yesterday morning, January 29th, and ending this morning, January 30th. There were 2,097 new COVID-19 lab-confirmed cases in Maryland in this 24-hour reporting period. This brings our state to a cumulative total of 352,726 lab-confirmed cases. There were 31 new COVID-19 deaths, which brings us to a cumulative total of 6,931 deaths. Maryland's 7-day average case rate is 31.7, and 7-day rolling positivity rate is 5.79%. Many counties are far above the state average. Today, there are 1,560 individuals hospitalized with COVID-19, with 380 occupying intensive care beds. State and local health departments are conducting hundreds of outbreak investigations, in a wide variety of settings, such as long-term care facilities, group homes, and places of employment. In addition to the thousands of public health employees that have been working on COVID-19 response since March, 2020, Maryland has shifted thousands of state employees who are not public health clinicians, but served the deep need for staffing other roles, such as testing centers, vaccination clinics, contact tracing, information technology, scheduling go teams for nursing homes, expanding lab capacity, communications, data collection, and so on. Many communities have unmet needs, and your state and local emergency managers are working tirelessly every day to support these communities. During this pandemic, we also supported the response and recovery needs for tropical storms and the inauguration. This weekend, state and local agencies are pressing forward with preparations for a potentially significant winter storm. Uh, in other words, there are no weekends or holidays during the declaration of emergency. So we have made much progress in Maryland with respect to disaster preparedness, response, and recovery. And today I want to share with you a few highlights of Maryland Department of Disabilities, or MDOD's COVID-19 response. At the beginning of the pandemic, healthcare facilities issued no visitor policies. Secretary Beatty and the Secretary of Health issued a joint order in May, 2020, and amended again in September to allow for support persons for people with disabilities in healthcare settings, including nursing homes, assisted living, and outpatient centers. A support person may be a family member, personal care assistant, similar disability service provider or other individual knowledgeable about the management or care of the patient and someone who is authorized to assist the patient in making decisions. This does not mean this person has to be a guardian. They simply have to be in a position where they are able to help that patient make decisions and enjoy equal access to the health care provided. People with disabilities regardless of diagnosis or symptoms of COVID-19 are permitted to have access to support persons. In other words, a support person is an accommodation, not a visitor. Therefore, they do not fall under the visitor policy of the facility. As you can imagine, we continue to receive complaints pertaining to healthcare facilities refusing access to support persons. During emergency declarations, MVOD stands up a constituent services hotline. The hotline staff work to resolve these issues, as well as provide referrals and perform case management. We have enhanced monitoring of the hotline on the weekends, and calls are returned within 12 hours. Uh, During the weekdays, they're typically answered um, on the first call. The pandemic has also resulted in a limited supply of specific foods and supplies in the supermarkets. Working with the private sector, MDOD arranged for group homes for people with disabilities to purchase groceries and supplies in quantities above the store-imposed limits. Group homes are committed to patronizing businesses in their communities. We also worked with Maryland Department of Human Services to create a food delivery program for people with disabilities who could not access their community food banks due to lack of transportation, mobility issues, or quarantine. Um, the funding for that program expired at the end of October, excuse me, at the end of December. However, we do have a modified version of that program available today. And should you find yourself in that position uh, where you need uh, food delivery, and we're not speaking of Peapod or Instacart, this is from like food bank type delivery. If you call 211, they will ask some screening questions and make the proper referral so that we can um, meet that, uh, that need for a feeding opportunity. In addition to um, these programs, we have a deep bench of expertise in accessible communication and information technology. So working with the Hospital Surge Task Force, we deployed assistive technology kits to field hospitals and testing centers to ensure that people with disabilities would have equal access to communication. This kit includes devices such as assisted listening devices, video magnifiers, and, other lo- and some low-tech items. We also contract with a vendor to provide on-demand video remote interpreters. And these um, devices and the interpreters will also be available at state-sponsored uh, vaccination sites disasters do not impact all communities equally, and we have additional risks during a disaster. Um, The ability to access information is critical. Uh, How can we access instructions, warnings and announcement if it's not presented with universal design in mind? So assistive technology should be interoperable with critical messages. But oftentimes we would find that agencies would issue image only PDFs. So how we approach that task, which sometimes seems insurmountable, is that we started with um, the executive office and that we had our staff train um, some members of the executive staff to render executive orders accessible um, so that when an executive order is issued on the weekend or in the evening, we can have it rendered and remediated accessible even without the source document. Um, And that can occur fairly quickly so that it can be posted to the website. Um, And uh, in addition to that, we have received other complaints um, regarding COVID-19 websites. Um, And so we have a staff now dedicated to testing and analyzing public-facing COVID-19 websites that are under a state banner. A few problems or challenges have emerged from this, and that several agencies were creating their own version of COVID-19 websites with information specific to their focus, such as labor, aging, and the like. Um, Complaints from the public indicated that some elements were not accessible. So uh, Secretary Beatty sent official notice to state leadership and cabinet secretaries that COVID-19 websites should um, complete a brief notification to our IT accessibility policy director and then be prepared for analysis on the site's conformance to WCAG standards. Uh, the staff will generate a report and make contact with the vendor or webmaster or other party who can make code corrections Um, obviously this is not a once and done program as an incident matures uh, as the pandemic matured we noticed that web pages were adding interactive elements um, uh, form fields and other features that were not rendered with accessible methods Um, so whenever possible a staff maintaining or adding web content would then have to receive instruction on how to make the content accessible. It could even be something as simple as color, contract or con- color contrast or adding alt text to images. Okay, I am following my notes here, excuse me. I had a little delay on my computer. So not only do we render um, web products accessible uh, to assistive technology, we also lend assistive technology to individuals who need to borrow or try new devices. To that end, we provided um, the technology kits that I spoke to you about earlier, but we also have our AT loan program. Um, In addition to loaning uh, devices, we have a financial program that individuals can apply for a very low interest, um, loan that requires no collateral in order to purchase assistive technology, make accessibility improvements to their resident, or even to render a vehicle accessible for um, a wheelchair lift. The loan program uh, for the technology uh, devices had to really pivot to a different model. Um, typically, we would deliver them in person. And train an individual, um, at their home. Um, but now that we are not going into homes, um, except on limited circumstances, the program had to be devised so that as equipment is returned, we have, um, several ultraviolet lights and, and sanitizing processes. And then we repackage the equipment to, um, ship it out by UPS or FedEx uh, to the, uh, to the recipient that it is being loaned to. So it's become a much more intensive process. Now, I wanted to leave um, plenty of time for uh, Clark to give his information, although I could speak on this topic all morning. um, But I would like to defer to him. And then at the end, perhaps, we will have time for some questions. Um, Clark, did you want to take it from here?
14: Great. Thank you so much, Cecilia. That was a lot of great information. I know I learned something here this morning. And I just want to say thank you to ACB of Maryland for welcoming me this morning. My name is Clark Rockfall. I'm the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind, located in our national office in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, Just quickly about me, though, I am born and raised, grew up, went to public school and university in Maryland. So I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland. I uh, went to public school throughout Annapolis Elementary, Bates Middle, Annapolis High School and did my undergraduate in uh, in economics and political science at Towson University and had some great vision itinerant teachers along the way, uh, received support and assistive technology from the Maryland Department of Rehabilitative Services or DOORS and O&M training from the Maryland School for the Blind in Baltimore as well. So Maryland native son right here. And my family still lives there, so we get back to Annapolis often. Uh, So I was asked to, same as Celia, share some of the work that the ACB national office has been doing throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And I'll just jump right in here. So when the... Pandemic was really getting underway. Um, we were starting to hear a, a lot of say general concern, fear of the unknown, uh, and certainly we had a lot of those thoughts as well. Um, just not knowing what was happening, how government and programs and agencies would adapt, and some ways that that played out was we were hearing from folks that they were feeling you know isolated, alone. Uh, we were hearing about the shortages and in many cases also experiencing the shortages at grocery stores as well as the delays for grocery delivery. So at ACB, we were able to work with our corporate partners like Walmart to ensure that people with disabilities were included in their early shopping windows and at their facilities along with seniors so that folks could Shop and receive the you know, the goods that they needed in an environment that was uh, more friendly during the pandemic. We also built a relationship and worked with Procter and Gamble to deliver around two thousand care packages. Unfortunately, none in the Maryland area, but through six hotspots throughout the country: so New York, Orlando, New Orleans, Chicago, Cincinnati. San Francisco, and Seattle. I added Chicago. That was not one of them. Um, (laughs) So, and in those care packages, we included uh, those household and personal care cleaning items that were becoming so hard to come by. At the same time that we were doing this work, we were also working with our national partner organizations as uh, the federal government and state and local governments were starting to implement a lot of uh, emergency orders, executive or- orders, and waivers. So, some of these that folks may remember um, last fall, or excuse me, last spring in the April timeframe, the U.S. Department of Education uh, gave a lot of us a, a fright when they started asking what waivers they should allow for. Uh, requirements under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, you know that landmark piece of legislation that provides the right of a free, appropriate public education in the least restrictive environment for students with disabilities. And uh, collectively, ACB, our members and the uh, the cross disability community, we we raised our voices and we said that their you know, FAPE and LRE. Uh, those are rights. They should not. There should be no waivers in that regard, as all, at all. And the Department of Education listened. Uh, the waivers that they that they did look to provide were focused on administrative burdens, uh, paperwork, and reimbursements. So we were certainly pleased by that outcome. We also worked with our partners and the Department of Health and Human Services to provide waivers and relaxed requirements on uh, available prescription doses uh, to make it so that individuals could receive a prescription for 90 days instead of 30. And again, limit the amount of time that you have to spend in line or at a pharmacy, out in public during a pandemic uh, to receive needed and necessary medication. We also work to expand the availability of telehealth and relax requirements so that telehealth in some cases could be provided via phone calls, just the, just the telephone portion, only audio only, not, and not have a video requirement. And, and at the same time, uh, throughout the pandemic, it's brought to light several things that we already knew that many telehealth video services, patient portals, and at-home medical equipment are not accessible to people who are blind or with vision loss. Our friends in ACB Diabetics in Action uh, certainly know this better than than most of us. So that's an area of focus that we'll maintain here going forward. Another thing that we worked on um, in the cross-disability community as a whole, as well as the Department of Justice, was quick to respond to was the, uh, the notion of rationing of care. So if you, you think back, I think we've been through three or four waves of the coronavirus and spikes and cases, uh, and we're certainly not out of the woods yet. But early on, we heard about states that were being, that had their infrastructure and hospital beds being overwhelmed, putting in crisis plans that would ration care to patients based off of quality of life. And that's the, that's the scary part because it was their perception of quality of life that could be interpreted to mean that somebody with a disability must obviously not have as high a quality of life as other patients. So someone with a disability could be moved further down the list uh, before receiving treatment. And that's something scary to think about. Uh, complaints were filed and the Department of Justice acted quickly and made a, a fast example of the state of Alabama. And soon after that, the state of Pennsylvania settled so that they would not have the same judgment rendered against them. Uh, and that, that was a, a quick and swift response that put other other states on notice. Um, but it's you know certainly a, still a scary scary thing to think about, a scary proposition. At the same time that we've been working you know, on the on the policy and direct support initiatives, um, we've also been working on launching a health and wellness campaign. that will really get underway here in 2021. Uh, We're calling it Get Up and Get Moving. And this is really building off of the work that we've been doing, uh, that ACB members have been doing for quite some time, but we've started to get some good traction and movement and momentum. So prior to the ACB virtual conference and convention last year, we had an announcement with Peloton Interactive that they were becoming the first out-of-the-box, fully accessible piece of exercise equipment. And not only that, but smart exercise equipment by enabling the Google TalkBack screen reader on their Peloton bike. Uh, So now somebody with a, a disability could independently operate and also independently launch the screen reader on the bike. So if you are one day in person at an ACB event in the future and you go to the fitness center and there's a Peloton bike, you don't need to find someone from the hotel staff to help you activate the screen reader or start a class for you. You can do that on your own. And if you have one of these machines at home, same thing. No, no more relying on friends, family, loved ones. You can independently uh, launch a class and you know rock out and get a good workout in. So this is work that we are seeking to expand. Now Peloton has shown that it is it is possible. So that's no longer an, an excuse for other fitness and exercise equipment manufacturers. And this is just one small component of our, our health and wellness campaign, but shows that what is possible when ACBN, our members, are pushing the envelope and working collaboratively uh, with our industry and other partners. Also throughout 2020, um, and in large part, thanks to, she has many names, but I'll refer to her as Cindy Hollis, our Membership Services Coordinator for ACB National. Um, we had the launch of the ACB community events. And it, it became quite clear that in addition to social distancing, we have many members in ACB and the broader blindness community who weren't just feeling distanced, but were feeling isolated, trapped alone. And the ACB community provides uh, a social forum to improve health and wellness, you know, if you're taking a again a yoga or a resistance class, but also just for mental health. It provides that community, that outlet where folks can meet for a coffee social. We've had a few advocacy sessions related to low vision and a, a topic I'll get to here shortly, voting. Uh, but then also game night and just fun social outings. So those have grown like gangbusters. Um, you can find out uh, information about the ACB community events on the acb.org website. Uh, there are now anywhere from 70 or 80 events a week with people attending from all over the world. And last but not least, voting. Um, Folks, it seems like so long ago, but there was just a, an election and primary elections in 2020. And along with the items we touched on earlier, this was a space where executive orders were flying fast and furious, um, including in uh, the state of Maryland. Uh, Governor Hogan had to make uh, several changes and modifications and Uh, additional statements to provide clear direction on how uh, people in Maryland would be able to vote in the primary and the general election. And I know there's a lot of great work by ACB of Maryland in this regard. And the ACB National Office worked with more than 25 of our state affiliates to expand the availability of accessible absentee voting throughout the country and depending on because elections are mandated from the federal level but they are implemented at the state and local level so it's not a one-size-fits-all solution Um, every state and in some cases county and city have different election laws and implement their election requirements differently but one thing that is the same no matter where you live, is that we are entitled to a private and independent vote. We're provided equal aspects to government services, including voting. And even within voting, uh, we we have the right to a private, independent vote and equal access to not only in-person voting, but absentee voting as well. And there was a lot of uh, great steps taken to make absentee voting more accessible throughout the country. And then before I kick it back over to Cecilia and we uh, take some questions here, just wanted to, ad- to ad- address the, the pandemic response um, more directly. So there was a lot of concern at the start of the pandemic about testing and um, government and pandemic information. So, at ACB, we worked uh, on the national level to add a COVID 19 response page to the acb.org website and provide links and accessible resources for COVID 19 information. We also worked with our affiliates when information was brought to our attention um, because, much like voting, uh, the COVID response has been on the, the state and local level as well. So, if we heard about barriers to testing, or if, lo- if uh, localities or jurisdictions only had available drive-up testing sites and would only serve people who were able to drive in a car, um, we worked with them to resolve those issues. Um, on the subject of uh, the vaccine and vaccine availability, uh, this is an area that we're watching as well. To ensure that any websites where you have to receive information or register uh, for a an appointment to receive the COVID vaccine, that those are accessible. And again, similar to testing, that vaccination sites are accessible to people with disabilities as well. Um, Cecilia, anything you'd like to add in in that regard, specific to Maryland?
13: Yes, I would actually. The, um, with the test, uh, with, excuse me, with the vaccinations, um, there is a scarcity mindset, um, because we simply do not have enough vaccines to meet the demand. And that is going to be a continuous problem, um, at least for the near future. And that is not something that the state or local entities control. We're receiving those allocations from the federal government. And we are seeing um, some repetitive uh, problems with accessibility. Uh, We are working to address that, especially at the local level. Uh, Different uh, locales are using various vendors or off-the-shelf software that um, may not be accessible. Um, There are some jurisdictions doing a great job, uh, and one is Montgomery County, and we have heard from constituents there that did not have difficulty with registration. There are some other off-the-shelf software that I've encountered and tested that was not accessible, that have many unlabeled form fields, which render it impossible to independently um, register for a vaccination appointment. And, of course, we do want to hear this um, at MVOD because it gives us, um, if it's something that hasn't been brought to our attention, we may not be aware of it. So if you do call with a complaint, please make it as specific as possible. And if you can even send screenshots or describe what the issue is, if you're not able to get it resolved with the local jurisdiction. Um, In addition to that, um, one common uh, oversight that we find is that um, sometimes the websites don't have an opportunity to allow the uh, recipient to request an accommodation. And that is something that we're really honing in on, is that all of these websites should provide a mechanism for you to request an accommodation. Which in our case it could be that you would like to receive the consent forms electronically in advance. Um, no one likes to be presented at the vaccination site with something to sign that you haven't had an opportunity to perhaps review independently. Um, and so, uh, you know, I I think that is very reasonable um, to to request that. Many vaccination sites only allow for the person receiving the vaccination to be present, but If you have a a personal care attendant or a support person that you wish to accompany you, um, that should be permitted. Um, In addition, we have sent assistive technology to uh, all of our state vaccination sites. I cannot speak for the local jurisdictions, although we do lend them um, technology. And so there are a number of possible obstacles. Um, Some have workarounds and some don't so please don't hesitate to reach out to us at MDOD should you encounter um, a situation that you think needs to be resolved at a higher level or if you're not able to. In addition, Clark and I were speaking about um, this particular situation earlier this week in that it's really important now while vaccines are not available to the broader public to start making a vaccination plan. Um, In determining that plan, think about transportation, the um the ubers and lyfts uh are of, of i'm going to say a limited supply there are fewer drivers out there um right now and so thinking about it if you have to um, use transportation private transportation to get to a vaccination clinic um, think about who you would ask or what service you would use and then immediately after receiving your first vaccination Make an appointment for your second vaccination, and then make another transportation plan. Um, you would obviously, if you're going through the effort to get vaccinated, you want to be sure that you get your second dose um, in the proper time frame. And so uh, these are some things that you can start planning for now uh, prior to you necessarily being eligible. Um, and even if you're eligible, your local health department may not be uh, prioritizing your particular eligibility group. Um, some are prioritizing 75 and over and uh, teachers and first responders and others are serving a broader category. So those are some things that we we can't control. The local jurisdictions do have the authority to um, sort of uh, stratify different eligibility groups um, that, um, the governor has authorized a certain phase to be vaccinated, but if there's not enough vaccines, they are um, looking into that, uh, stratifying that group even further. And also with the snowstorm expected early in the week and tomorrow, um, some clinics for testing and vaccination have already canceled for Monday. So please check prior to departing if you were planning on doing any of those activities at the beginning of the week. Clark?
14: To say that's a great point. Uh, similar to how we talked in the fall about making a plan for how folks were going to vote for the elections this past year, make a plan on how you are to either get a, a COVID test or receive the COVID nineteen vaccination. Um, much like the ride shares and taxi services are in limited uh, supply. We've all been reading the news about the hardships that public transportation systems are facing with reduced ridership. Uh, WMATA has reduced the frequency of trains and bus service. Uh, Paratransit in the DC area, they're trying to, they are limiting uh, the individuals who, or how many individuals uh, may be on a ride together. Um, so all that to say, uh, make a plan. It it's worth doing the the homework in advance so that you are prepared come the day of when you know, getting that critical test or that critical vaccine. So, uh,
0: Cecilia, thank you so much. Um, I would just like to say one thing. This is Pat. Um, Cecilia, thank you for the work that you have done over the last. 10, 11 months, I know you've been working six days a week for uh, a long time working with people with disabilities all throughout Maryland. And I don't think many of us uh, appreciate the amount of work that that you have put into this. And, And it's just great that we have someone who is so capable being able to do that kind of work for people with disabilities in the state of Maryland. Thank you for that. And, Clark, when you listen to uh, your, um, your your list of things that you're working on, I know that you've got about 25 uh, activities on your to-do list. Uh, I think you mentioned half of them. So appreciate the work that you're doing on behalf of ACB, advocacy, and affairs. Uh, you've got a long to-do list. Uh, keep up your energy and your health because I think you're going to need it throughout uh, 2021, health and wellness is gonna be a big push for us in 2021. I think there's lots of good activities uh, going on and we'll, we'll get through this pandemic. Uh, hopefully we'll all be able to get our vaccines fairly fairly soon. Um, let me see if we have any questions from the audience for either Celia or Clark.
12: I have a question, Pat. Um, this is Sandra. Sorry, I can't raise my hand for some reason. Um, can you guys hear me? Yes, no. we can. Ah, fabulous. Okay, um, amazing presentation. Thank you very much, um, Cecilia and Clark. One quick question for you. Um, do you? I heard Clark that you said that um, people who are blind can go to the early senior hours but is that written anywhere? Because I haven't, I totally, I'm glad that we can, and I fully intend to do just that, but I haven't seen it on, like, um, let's say the website for Sam's or Walmart, you know, okay, we have, I've seen, we have senior hours, you guys can come early, but I haven't seen where they've included um, people with disabilities, and also A good description, I'm not sure if it's on the ACB website or I've just missed it, but a good description of stuff like, because I've heard time and time again, um, some of my friends, well, you know, I don't really know how to put on my mask and I don't know if it's the right way. Do we have any information, you know, how, this is the way you put on a, a, like a description. This is how you put on a mask appropriately or properly. This is how you, you know, pull off your gloves appropriately. Pro, you know, in a text, some sort of a text description, because um, I've been asked that on more than one occasion and I don't have an answer.
14: Sandra, thanks for those questions uh, with specifically to Walmart. I know we had an, an announcement back in the uh, oh geez, uh, spring second quarter uh, la- of last year that people with disabilities could go to the, the senior hours, um, I, I would have to get back to you to determine whether or not that's included on their, um, on their website or not. And uh, the question about masks and gloves, that's, that's another good question. I, I don't know if I have seen a, a listing of the proper way to do it, Um, either. Cecilia, does Maryland have a a resource like that?
13: I believe we do have one for masking um, and we have it in two forms. One is uh, for businesses and one is in plain language. I'd be happy to share those. I don't believe we have one for gloves because it's not been it's it's a recommended PPE, but it is not necessarily recommended for the general public, at least that that's not something that MBH has taken like a universal people of members of the public must wear gloves. So I don't have one for gloves specifically.
9: And we do have some questions from the audience.
13: All right. So
12: Shirley, feel free to unmute. Um, I was wondering if, if there is anything in the works for uh, people receiving the vaccine from home because I am homebound.
13: Are you a resident of Maryland? Yes. Okay. And do you have access to paratransit?
12: Yes, but I can't use it right now.
13: Okay. Um, at this time, it depends. Well, the reason I'm asking is this comes down to the local jurisdiction. So um, some some local jurisdictions are offering transportation, some are not. So during the registration process. If your local jurisdiction offers transportation, they will have a um, form field for where it will ask do you require transportation to the vaccination clinic. Um, and that would be your opportunity to identify as somebody who does. Um, if if you do not live in a jurisdiction that has that, then there is no currently no service offered. However, as the state opens hundreds of additional vaccination sites, that possibly could change, um, and so I'm. Uh, this isn't an answer where I can say definitively for the rest of the duration of the pandemic. I can only really give you an, a snapshot for at this time. Okay, thank you for your question.
9: Next, we have Joyce. Uh, this question is for Cecilia,
6: I guess. First of all, I was pleased to see on the pre-registration the question about transportation. But when I went to originally pre-register on my phone, which is an iPhone, I was not able to do that. I had to go to a PC with Microsoft Edge in order to pre-register. The form never came up.
13: Okay. Uh, Is it possible for you to send this information and all the pertinent facts like jurisdiction, things like that, to... um Either my email or our constituent services email? Uh, yeah, I can. Okay, that would be terrific. Um, I don't know if that's something that Patrick can provide uh, the email um, or I can give it to you right now. I don't know if you have a way to record that. Yes. Uh, what? Either well, way. i can send it out later. Yeah, Why don't I can. It? Can you distribute it out later? Thank you.
0: We'll, we'll take care of that, Cecilia, certainly.
13: Thank you.
9: And next, we have a question from Brian Feel free to
15: unmute. Hi, thank you very much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you very much both for your presentations. Um, my question is, as we move into the vaccine distribution um, more, and there's, um, sorry, my phone keeps talking to me, um, as we move into the more of the vaccination process and there are more and more um, clinics uh, where we would need to potentially sign up and we may run into accessibility problems on individual clinic pages. Is there a resource through um, either of your organizations where somebody might call in and get assistance with the making an appointment if the website isn't accessible? Thank you very much.
13: So this is Cecilia. Um, We have uh, some plans in the works on a call center, which may be able to help depending on what website it is and what entity it is. Um, but this is sort of a multi-agency project. So I really can't say too much, uh, you know, too much about it at this point, but that is, um, that is a known problem is that many of the websites don't have a phone number available to call to request assistance.
14: Uh, this is Clark with the ACB National. I, I think the state level resources are, are your best bet to address that issue, um, whether it's ACB of Maryland uh, or <laughs> Cecilia. You'll be giving out your your home phone number here, right? Um, however, we we are starting to hear, uh, you know, in part of the the plan that a lot of states and jurisdictions are moving toward is using. Uh, you know, corporate pharmacies and drugstore locations. So that's Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, uh, for making these appointments. And certainly with those uh, national corporations, if you are encountering accessibility problems with registering uh, to receive a, a vaccine or testing, uh, at their facilities please let the acb national office know and you can reach out and that's for folks in maryland outside of maryland wherever you are um, please reach out to us and let us know by emailing advocacy at acb.org
0: and clark wouldn't this is pat wouldn't this be a nice free ira service
14: you know it would be a great use for ira um and if you weren't and if you are not a subscriber um, with an account for, for Ira, um, or you've already used your five free minutes, it could be a good reason to call Be My Eyes as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They can thank me later for all the free business. <laughs> yeah. You, you
14: <laughs> they'll you get, about they'll about give you a percentage of that free business. Oh, I'm sure they will. They'll give me yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
9: You have about one minute, Pat. Pat. Left. Um, would you like one more question?
1: How many more questions?
0: One more question. Yeah.
1: We could maybe if there's a lot of questions, maybe we there's could the there's there's two.
9: <laughs> so.
0: Take two questions quick.
9: Yeah. Okay, I code five six two. You should be able to unmute. Regina. Uh, no, I was gonna
12: try to help the lady out here in where I am in California. CVS comes out to the complex. So she might see if a CVS would come to her. And then Susan,
16: you you have a question in the panel? Good morning. Um, Good morning. I just wanted to thank Cecilia Ann Clark for all the work you've done. And Cecilia, you've done so much to help people who are blind and with disabilities in Maryland. I really appreciate it. Um, Currently, the form, I filled out the form in Maryland and Montgomery County to sign up. And uh, Montgomery County is still focusing on people over age 75 in 1A. But there isn't a place to check to see if you need any accommodation. What do you suggest we do? I mean, should we, for example, should we call the ADA coordinator, contact the Disability Commission, the Commission on People with Disabilities? What do you suggest?
13: This is Cecilia. I... I heard from a constituent this week that said that it did ask. Now, I don't know if that's because they perhaps were in a different group and got farther to actually schedule the appointment. I, I need to go back and check that uh, to be certain, because it was my understanding that Montgomery County had fixed that problem and added a place for you to request accommodations. So, I will go back and check. If you're saying it doesn't, then, um, you know, I'll see where I can determine where the breakdown is. And we can ask them to add that. Actually, and I'm sure they will.
16: Well, oh. thank you. So I've already, I already f- submitted mine. Can I go back and if they added that, can I go back and edit it? I mean, is that possible?
13: Uh, that I don't know. But I know when I received uh, my confirmation of registration um They did get have an opportunity for me to go back and edit. um, But I was on a different platform, not Montgomery County, so you'll have to tell me. Thank (laughs) you. I will check it out.
1: Thank Um, you. When I filled out my registration, it did ask, uh, it was like yesterday or the day before, it did ask whether I needed transportation uh, on the Montgomery County website. So I I was able to tell it, yes, I'm going to need some transportation
5: assistance.
2: Okay. That's thank
5: your you.
0: Questions. Very good. So I know we—I think we are at time. Uh, Cecilia and Clark, thank you for an excellent presentation. A lot of good questions. Very nicely done. Thank you very much.
13: Well, thanks, Clark, for being such a great co-presenter.
14: <laughs> thank you. It's a pleasure working with you, Cecilia and Pat. If I may, just have a, a moment here before we depart. I just want to remind everyone that registration is now open for the virtual 2021 ACB DC leadership meetings. Um, It is not only for affiliate leadership and presidents, but it is open to everyone. So please visit the acb.org website or give us a call on the the 1-800 number uh, to learn more or to register. And this year, I know it just heard uh, Susan on the line. Uh, this year, the event is titled the Charlie Crawford DC Leadership Meetings. So it's, a uh, you know, Charlie was a a great ambassador for ACB and our community. Um, not only everything he did for ACB as an organization, but he was a tireless advocate as well, especially when it came to the rights of Uh, service animal handlers and improving transportation, you know, in, in the DC area and around the country as a whole. So we look forward to speaking with you all and working with you all throughout the year. And again, I hope you're able to join us for the Charlie Crawford DC leadership meetings. Thank you, Clark. Very nice. Appreciate that.
0: Wonderful. Excellent. Uh, so I, uh, Forgot about our break and our door prizes, Jane.
1: We we have five minutes left of our break. Um, the door prizes were scheduled to start five minutes from now. Right. We could do them now. We could have the five minute break and play some some um, commercials.
9: You actually, you actually have
1: ten minutes till the top of the
9: hour, according to Yeah, the but
1: clock. I mean the the door prizes were going to start at ten fifty five. So So we have have five minutes of of break left, and then the door prizes will start at 10.55.
0: All right. So um, why don't we take a five-minute break? I'll turn down my heat, and it's freezing in this room that I'm in. So (laughs) get another cup of coffee.
9: It's Uh, been a pleasure working with you, and I will turn over co-host facilities to Sheila.
0: Monica, thank you so much for your,
9: your help.
0: You've been wonderful. Thank you. Another shout-out to ACB Radio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, this what would be a mess it? if I was doing it.
1: Oh, Very my well. God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome back from the break. We hope everybody had a nice break. It's time for door prizes. Um, now, what we did, we added, um, we gave everyone who is an attendee, a registered attendee, and everyone who is a presenter, and so everyone who is either of those categories has a number. And there's 107 numbers, and I am going to ask Lady A to give me a number between one and 107, and and for each door prize that we do, um, and and that's how we'll determine who gets door prizes, and our door prize. Guru here is Sandra sermon and she has been diligently collecting door prizes. So Sandra, what's the first one?
12: Um, Okay, so the first one is a Braille print um, APH calendar. Um, It's got the um, Artists, you know that they compete every year at APH and whoever wins they get to put their um Art exhibits on display in the calendar. So that is the first thing we have.
1: Alexa, give me a random number between 1 and 107. Your random number between 1 and 107 is 5. Five. Five is Artist Bazin from Burbank, California.
12: Woohoo! Congratulations, artist! Yeah. If she's
1: here, if, you don't have to be present to win, actually. So if she's not here, she'll still get her door prize. Um, what's the next one?
12: The next one is a $25 gift card from Macy's. Ooh. Okay, Alexa, give me a random number
1: between one and 107. Your random number between one and 107
7: is
2: 48. 48.
1: Forty-eight is Gary Messman from Towson, Maryland.
12: Ooh, 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 okay. ooh. Congratu-
1: Congratulations,
12: Gary. We have oh, time for one doing... more. You think? Okay, one,
1: one more. What's okay. the next?
12: So next is a twenty-five dollar gift card from Starbucks.
1: Ooh, that's. I hope you win that one,
12: Alexa. So do I.
11: <laughs> Alexa,
1: give me a random number between one and one hundred and seven.
7: The random number
0: between 1 and
1: 107
0: is 41. 41. 41, that's me, I think.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> 41 is Joanne Cusick from
12: Park. Wow. wow. Congratulations, our there president. You go. There you Congratulations, go. Congratulations, Joanne. let to go. Woohoo. Okay. okay. That's cool.
1: Thank you so much, Sandra. We'll do more this afternoon, and maybe we'll have time to do some more at the banquet.
0: So, okay. System, I like that.
1: Yeah, that works. Okay. Very good. Time for our so, next panel discussion. Right.
0: And we have a storm coming tomorrow, so we need groceries, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got mine yesterday. Um,
0: Don't have mine. Poor planning.
1: No, that was good planning. I, I did that.
0: Yes. For me, I mean.
1: Oh, for you. No. <laughs> okay. no. You better get your groceries in.
10: That's, That's it. it.
1: Our next panel... We have four presenters here, um, two customers who actually use two of these services. Uh, Sandra Sermons, who, who uses Instacart, and Robin Hughes, who uses Safeway.com. And then we have Kendra Gibson, who is uh, from Giant Food, which is the, the local um, company that took over Peapod in, in our local area. And then we have Todd Tolson from Grocery by Phone. Um, Let's see. Why don't we have the the two um, consumer ones first. Um, Sandra, how is your Instacart experience doing it by yourself?
12: Um, Okay. So, thank you, Jane, for the introduction. I I just wanna say uh that I truly am happy that we we have come a very long way because I am not a techie. Um I, I know how to press a button and I know what should happen, but um I'm I'm not a techie. So um for me to be able to use Instacart, um was, was a game changer because it opened up so many shopping, so many additional shopping experiences for me. Um, so it, it's really fairly, once you start to understand how it works, um, basically, you know, you, you create a profile um, and then you can choose, uh, you, you put in your zip code and it will bring up a list of the stores in your area that um, work with Instacart, you know, um, and literally you, you select the one you want, and you go through. Just pretend that you're in a um, supermarket because my favorite store is Wegman's, and and literally, you know, you you can go through produce, um, you know, meats, frozen. <laughs> household items, anything imaginable. And then um, it, it's kind of broken down into subcategories after that. And it's simply a matter of swiping. You know, if you find what you want, double tap. Um, the one thing about it is that sometimes if you're trying to add something to the cart, um, you, you find the add the cart button, but it says them, but the crazy thing is, if you double tap, it will still add it, which I have no idea why that is. But um, and, you know, for a lot of the products, you can get nutritional information, you know, all sorts of recipes, um, any number of things that, to be honest with you, I never knew they were even um, it was even possible to have that information, period. So you know how amazed I am that i can I can access all of the nutritional value and the you know um you can also put in your um like for let's say sam's you could put in in your profile you could put in your um member number um all kinds of different promotional codes um any a myriad of of things. And even booking, you can get like same day within the next two hours, um, four hours, you could book for next week. You could, you know, all of those things are available to you as an Instacart user. And um, another thing is, okay, so you you made your choices and then you um, go to the checkout. The checkout gets to be a bit tedious because there are like five different panels that you have to um you know so it'll say you know like time uh reserve a time incomplete contact information incomplete directions and, and that can be kind of kind of tedious because it's like okay um shouldn't this information just drop from my profile now um so you have to literally go through each section double tap on it Um, And it'll kind of expand, and you can go through the fields, just swipe through, um, and and complete the information for that. Um, Once that's done, though, um, you select your time, and you actually also have an option to add. If you've forgotten something, you can add to your order um, up until the time that the the shopper starts. You get a message saying, okay, this is your shopper, and... and, um, he's going through your items um one other thing i will go back a little bit and say one of the things that i really like is um if the app believes that like they, they may not have the item that you want so i like power bowls and it, it may not have chicken adobo power bowl power bowls but it will give you a series of options and some of them um are pretty good, you know. One might say taco power bowl or uh, tofu power bowl, um, but you always have the option to opt out and say, you know what, I don't like these selections and I don't want to be bothered, so forget it. And if you don't have this, if you don't have the chicken adobo, I don't want a power bowl either way. Um, so the shopper is finding your items, and you can see when the shopper is going through and and getting your items for you, and. They will occasionally send notes, look, we can't find this. We don't have this. Is there something else you'd like? Um, to tell you the truth, that is a good option, but it's it's mixed because it's kind of fast and sometimes they want you, you know, they're, they've they taken a picture of something. Okay, you, you don't have time for You don't really um, necessarily want to go through all of that. Uh, so you could... Um, send a text and say, okay, you can either say, you know, I'm blind. I don't know what you're trying to do. Can you call me? Can you, you know, do something or you can text and say, no, don't worry about it. Just go to the next day. Um, I've done both and it's been mixed, you know, um, sometimes that works well and they absolutely, they get it other times, not so much. Um, but overall, um, it it really is a game changer because any store that is participating in Instacart within your zip code, um, you have access to. I mean anything from you know Wegmans, uh, CVS, um, Target. All every time I go to the app and I you know my zip code two zero eight five two. Uh, there are different stores that have that have signed on to instacart, and it is particularly in this pandemic um, when we don 't always get the help that we need or want when we go in person um, to be able to sit in your living room and order whatever you want um, there there 's nothing like it and and the level of accessibility, um, it, it really has come a long way. Um, and I, I am a firm believer in having tools in your toolbox because no one thing is going to do everything. Nothing is perfect. There will always be drawbacks to anything that you do. So as people who are blind or have low vision, um, I believe that it is incumbent upon us to have a well-stocked toolbox. And Instacart is is uh, definite, um, for sure, it's a keeper. I say if you don't already have it, get it, play with it, because it, it really will make a difference. And with that, I'm going to hand it over. Thank
1: you so much. Um, I, I love Instacart myself. Um, and it, it, it gives you such a, a, an opportunity to get things from, as you said, so many places. Um, in let's keep on with the Instacart and talk with uh, Todd Tolson from Grocery by Phone, which is an assisted method of using Instacart. Um, Todd, what what does Insta, uh, Grocery by Phone do?
15: Well, um, thank you so much for having me, Jane, and everyone. Thank you for having me on the panel. Um, I really love that I got to hear Sandra talk about Instacart so that I could kind of segue into grocery by phone. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit. um, Actually, I started myself with Instacart back in 2014 when they first came to this area. And I started as a shopper and noticed that they did not have assistance for people that were either visually impaired and or seniors who were um, um, technology challenged. And I really thought that it was unfair that um, these services were not being offered. Believe it or not, I did go to Instacart. um, This is probably back in 2016 to see if they would like to um, start to approach seniors and visually impaired um, customers. And I did not get a response. So when I did not get a response, I decided to start on my own. So Grocery by Phone has been around now for three years Um, The great thing about Instacart and the fact that Grocery by Phone uses that as one of the shopping platforms is that everyone can use it if you want to take the time to figure it out. Grocery by Phone is really more of a concierge service where the customer is actually able to call and engage with me or one of my staff while they're placing the order. We use Instacart as our grocery shopping platform and offer all of the stores that are there. I'll say some of the things that um, make our service a little bit um, more friendly are that um, now some of my regulars, they email their grocery list. So they might email it at 9 o'clock this morning and say sometime today or sometime tomorrow literally after I've had their list in, I just call them up to confirm. So their grocery shopping has went to how much of time they've already spent before on in Instacart, or if they just spent time with me on the phone, which could take about 10 to 15 minutes. Well, it's now down to one to two minutes. And what that means is I'm just doing a follow-up. I'm following up on all of the replacements. Um, Instacart does do a good job in offering Offering um, a replacement, but they also send pictures. So it's important that I let um, my visually impaired community know that while the shopping is taking place, the app is open in my system. So that means when they send a picture, all I do is I call my customer and say, hey, they don't have they don't have the meatballs. Would you like another brand? And then I could say what brands are available because they're sending pictures. So I don't want to say that I'm a shortcut. I just want to say that um, I'm an extended hand um, in a concierge service type business where I'm able to assist people um, right there. They speak to a live human being. And so if there's any glitches, my customers do not participate in that. I'm the person that's that has to take care of that. And when I say glitches, if something was stuck in the cart, if um, an item came that wasn't prepared correctly, maybe it was broken. Let's say we had some eggs, and one or two eggs came. So instead of having to talk to Instacart, my customers speak directly with me, and I take care of it. How do I take care of that? I'm the person that acts on the behalf of the customer with Instacart to get a refund and or a re- uh, um, uh, replacement. Um, Instacart has really um, gone above and beyond this past year with the pandemic and have added quite a few stores. And just like Sandra said, um, each time you log on, another store is there. I think now I saw that they have Five Below, they have Seven Eleven, Dick Sporting Goods, all of the top grocers. Things are done by zip code. But I will say if anyone is going to email me their zip code, and that would be at at Um, I will need the full address because now we actually have some zip codes. And I'm bringing this up because I had a gentleman that called me from um, the Baltimore area. Instant Cart is nationwide by zip code. What the address does, it gives us a little bit more information the gentleman had given me a zip code. And when I put it in, it said not at that zip code yet. But when I put in the full address, I did see that there were a couple of stores. So I always like to bring that up. And I do follow up with um, the people that are inquiring with a full address so I can let them know the assortment of stores that are going to their area. One other thing I would like to share is that Um, I have some clients that travel, and they might be in the D.C. area um, in the summer, and then they go down to Florida for the winter. Their accounts go with them, which means as long as there is an Instacart in that area, I can access any of those stores. So I have um, a couple of clients that have several addresses, some to go to their winter home and some to go to their own home. Last but not least, what I really want to compliment Instacart on is that they have a no questions asked policy when things need to be returned or things are damaged. So if something was damaged, um, well, they don't accept returns. They would just give you a credit on your next order. And that's a no questions asked. So unless it's something that becomes a habit where, you know, we're, missing items. That just is a credit and I really think that that is a, um, um, a great safety measure to make people feel a little bit comfortable because I know sometimes when we use these app-based platforms, we might be a little bit um, um, what's the word? Um, we might be a little bit cautious thinking that someone is going to get us the things that we would like. So um, Instacart does a great job. All other people have background checks. They are vetted. They are now doing um, um, touchless service, where they drop the groceries at the door, ring the doorbell, and leave. So they're abiding by the um, COVID-19 things for deliveries. And that's about it. I really enjoy um, grocery by phone. I really enjoy my clients. And I enjoy them because I am a customer service person at heart. So I hope that I've answered some questions.
1: Thank you so much. And, and I can personally attest um, one day I put in a, a couple of times, I've put in big Instacart orders and Todd has helped me do those. And the person sends all these pictures, you know, we don't have that that you wanted. We have this, take a look. And I freaked one day, oh my God, they're sending me pictures. I don't know what they're going to, what they're, they're going to give me. Um, so I called Todd and I said, what am I going to do? They're sending me pictures. And he said, I'm on it. I've got it. And it made me feel really taken care of. It, it is a concierge service and it's well worth it, I think. Um, I've always had trouble checking out with Instacart myself. The checkout button is always dimmed and I don't know why. So um, I'm very pleased with with that. Um, the, the other uh, major um, player in the in the uh, food shopping um, arena here in Maryland, is Giant Food. Um, it, it took over from what we used to have as Peapod. Um, and we have Kendra Gibson from Giant Food. Um, what's going on with, with uh, Giant delivery service?
17: Hi, good morning, everyone, and um, thank you, Maryland Council of the Blind, for the invitation to share with you about our shopping service. Um, again, my name is Kendra Gibson, and I work on the e-commerce marketing team. <clears throat> for a quick moment, I just want to say my name is Jane, um, and Jane, or the Janes of the world, have a quick and need for efficiency, um, and especially getting a chore of shopping completed. Um Janes tend to be time starved, um, want a healthy meal, and that that's very important to them, and quality is extremely important to them. And they're looking for an elevated shopping experience, particularly in a fresh out. We're well, here at Giant, we welcome the Janes of the world. Those that seek competitive pricing, savvy technology, creative meal solutions, our commitment is to provide our customers with the means to create great moments with food and our promise to make sure um, the food is easy. That that great food is made easy so you can get back to the moments that matter. Um, and many of you living in this area, um, the Baltimore-Washington metro is familiar with Giant. We have stores in Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, and Washington, D.C. We have a total of 164 stores across the area with 20,000 employees serving about 2.7 million customers a week, making us number one in the market. But what many of you do not know um, Is giant is of several U.S. brands of Ajo Del Haze, which is based in the Netherlands. Our parent company, Ajo, was formed in 2016 through a merger. In total, Ajo... I hold Del Hay's great local brands serve over a million, 50 million shoppers in 11 different countries across the world with each brand being separate and distinct with strong roots in their communities they serve. So in addition to us, giant food, the great local brands also include food lion giant Martins Hannaford stop and shop and Peapod. And I'll get to Peapod a little later, because some people are a little confused with our um, merging here locally in the DC, Washington, um, Baltimore area. So, when you're dedicated to making great food easy, you're dedicated to the little things. So at Giant, we see the big picture by thinking small, because great food isn't in detail. We pride ourselves in assortment, ease, experience, quality, service, and price. We have over 16,000 products with the ability to shop in store, delivery, or pickup, in which we're always gladly to bring your, your groceries to your car. Using our flexible rewards and bonus buy, you're always receiving competitive pricing when shopping here with Giant. And if the product falls short in any way, we'll replace it and refund your money back. If an advertised item is out of stock, take your pick. We offer a rain check or another product at the same sales price. If the item is scaled, is scanned incorrectly, you get the product for free, and that, that goes for online as well. If you cannot find the product, uh, we, will hopefully, we will happily help you in-store or even online through our customer service team. And if you wanna taste, just ask for it. I know I speak to many people associated with the American Council on the Blind, and they they have great things to say about our import person personnel. And uh, many have shared that they they have the ability to taste items as they shop throughout the store. So, it is very simple to begin using our service. All you need is a credit card or bank card to create an online account. Through the online account, you can schedule in-store or pickup or delivery. In the event you're interested, um, opening a business account, you must indicate when creating an account. If interested in business delivery, please provide your information to anyone from the Miracle Council and Bond, and I can talk to you separately. I don't want to drain, drain the time to discuss that, but I do realize some people are interested. Um, and as for Peapod, it's, you know, being that that's our sister company, your online account, uh, with Peapod will simply migrate if, if it hasn't done so already, or if you haven't, or if you weren't aware, you can still use that account, um, here with Giant. And if you have any issues with migrating that account, um, you can definitely contact our customer service team, which is live until 10 p.m. every day. Um, at one 469 4426 or you can email if you prefer um, directly uh, with b2b at peapod.com. But I realize I may just scratch the surface and um, people may have more specific questions. So that concludes my overview and I would like to open it to any questions that anyone may have.
1: Um, I I have one comment. Um, I haven't tried it recently but when I did try the Giant Food um, delivery app, uh, not app, the uh, the website, um, I I wasn't able to search for things, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think I mentioned that um, I the the Peapod website is is extremely accessible, mm-hmm. um, but I wish that the Giant Food Um, website was more like the Peapod site because as it is I I'm having some accessibility issues and I'd like to rather than being part of the the problem and not being part of the solution I'd like to um, be able to work with somebody to to improve the accessibility um, so that we can be part of the solution Um,
17: Absolutely. Um, Definitely was made aware of the issues, particularly over um, the uh, winter holidays um, with inability to log in, um, inability to put items in a car, unable to access um, the name where it says account information. Um, Definitely um, have created a relationship with our ADA compliance team in resolving these issues. I would like to say some of the issues and the bug, bugs that are, are being experienced are also being experienced from um, other standpoints of the of the website. Um, being um, everyone's consumer, everyone's consumer um, account is being affected. Um, but we're working tirelessly to fix those bugs and issues. Um, and a lot of it comes from the merging of the two accounts and the bandwidth. And um, we're just kind of working out the the kinks. So. Um, I would like to say uh the goal is to definitely get back to um our standard with Peapod. Um and I've definitely had per people um say that our, our customer service team is extremely helpful. So we do have those live um those live people on standby to help you um with placing your order and I definitely don't mind um being that advocate in helping you place your order or getting you to the correct person that can help you place those orders if you are um, experiencing any issues with checking out. Um, but definitely, Jane, um, just to be completely transparent, we have identified um, some issues on, on the website, but it's not one-off with just ADA uh, compliance. It it, has, it affects our merchant customers um, sometimes and as, as well as other consumer customers. But as of late, I haven't heard any um, issues with um, any bugs relating to the website.
1: Thank you so much. I, I appreciate your your willingness to to work with us on that. So that's that's a very good thing. Jane, um, did you want to take questions? Well, we have one more presenter. Um, we, what do you think, Pat? Um, should we let Robin talk about Safeway and then take all the questions afterwards? Yeah,
0: questions? yeah I, I think that would be good. Yeah
1: yeah let's let's hear from our last presenter really quick, uh, Robin Hughes about Safeway.com and then we can uh, take you know all the questions all at once if that's okay.
7: Thank you, Jane. Thank you everyone for inviting me to speak to you today about my Safeway experience. I love using the Safeway app. There are two ways to shop online with Safeway. You can use an app on your smartphone. I have the app on my iPhone, my iOS device, and I believe my understanding is that it is also available as an Android app for those of you who use Android And um, then um, I also have the app on my laptop computer, which is a um, Microsoft PC. And I personally, and again, this is just my own personal preference, I prefer to use my laptop to do my grocery shopping with Safeway um, because I find it easier to increase and decrease the quantity of items that I'm putting into my um, electronic cart um, on the computer as opposed to on my smartphone. On the smartphone, on the Safeway app, it requires you to swipe up and down and just for me personally, I find that um, more laborious to um, try and um, navigate. And the, just in case anyone's curious, in order to access the Safeway app on my laptop, I use Zoom Text Fusion. Fusion is a combination of the Zoom Text screen magnification software, and it also incorporates the JAWS screen reader um, in addition. So. I use the screen reader technology in order to read all of the details about the grocery items that I'm putting into my electronic cart. And then if I wanna see the pictures of what I'm purchasing, um, because I have the video magnification from Zoom ZoomText, um, I can um, see the um, pictures that way. Um, and it 's very i find it very easy to do searches and i 'm um, able to shop it gives me the app gives me the option of choosing um, one of my previous orders and just simply clicking to reorder it 's very simple. Or um, if um, I want to create a whole new um, shopping list, that's very simple to do. It's very straightforward. Um, you just um, have a search box, and you just type in the item, the name of the item, and you don't even. My experience is that I don't even have. Um, I don't even have to type complete the entire name of the item that I want. Um, I just type in a few letters, and then a drop down menu appears, and then I just click one that I'm able to find the item and just click on it. And it's I found it to be seamless, and everyone that I've worked with at Safeway has been so friendly and helpful. And um, there is a toll-free number that you can call if you have any questions about your orders. And my orders have been prompt and um almost always on time, except if there's a snowstorm, which is certainly understandable. And Safeway is very responsive about um, sending email notifications out letting me know when my order is on the way and they have um, contactless delivery so during the pandemic I don't feel that I have to put myself or potentially anyone else at risk of contracting. COVID-19, they simply leave my groceries outside of my door, and they give me a friendly reminder call, letting me know that they're there. Um, Now, Safeway has switched to third party deliverers. They used to ha- um, have their own employees deliver, make the deliveries for them, but now they have third party deliverers such as Instacart and DoorDash. And everyone that I've interacted with from the third party delivery companies has been fantastic as well. So it's been just a positive, a really positive experience. Does anyone have any? Any questions that I can answer.
18: Jane, did you want me to go ahead and give the directions on how to raise their
0: hand? I don't know if Jane is. Oh, maybe she's muted. Um, <laughs> I would say yes. Okay. She may will rule me, but I think we'll go with a yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see how that works. <laughs> no, I, I
1: think yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I, I think we should take all the questions now.
0: Okay.
18: If yeah. if you're on a PC, to raise your hand is Alt Y. If you're on a Mac, it's Option Y. If you're on the app, it is on the middle the middle of your screen to raise hand, and on a landline is star nine. So, Penny Reader, you may
19: unmute. Hi, this is Penny. Um, I wanted to say um, Jane was talking about the difficulty of receiving pictures uh, from Instacart shoppers. And when that happens to me, I write back to the shopper and ask them to describe the image. I explain that I'm blind only once. So someone said, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Um, Most of the time, people are very professional. And uh, I always get a description back of whatever the substitution item is they want to offer. So that's a way around that. Um, And um, I shop at Giant. Uh, Through Instacart, and I've heard that the prices at Instacart are higher than they are from Giant, but there's not a Giant app. And I prefer shopping on my phone rather than trying to use my PC. So I have like two questions. Does anybody know if that's true? Are the prices higher through Instacart than they are through the regular stores, Giant and Safeway? And, And my other question is, is there a Giant app either available or in the works? Thank you. This has been a great presentation.
15: I can answer the, um, the Instacart one. Um, for the most part, the prices are um, different in Instacart. That's how they make their money. Um, it could be a few cents to a dollar. It just all depends. Um, Instacart will allow you to use um, manufacturers coupons, which populate when you're ordering this stuff oh that yeah
19: helped. that's what that means oh i didn't know mm-hmm. that okay <laughs> i mean i see that population but i i never figured
17: out how that happened <laughs> mm-hmm. and i can ask answers specifically to the app question uh we do have an app um it's available in a play store and in the um apples apple store and it's giant food um entitled giant food and as for um todd answered it correctly that's that's correct Um, The only upside of shopping directly to Giant, we have our own rewards, flexible rewards, um, as well as bonus buys. So you can also use manufacturer coupons, but then we run our own specials online and in-store.
19: So if you have like the little keychain thing from years ago, it'll do those. Okay. All right.
17: Thank you so much. Well, these days you don't have to because some products are just on sale in-store.
19: Right. Okay. Mm -hmm.
18: Thanks. Okay, last three numbers, 435, you
11: may unmute. Hi, Sheila, it's Cindy. I'm on the phone, not on the, com- um, on the computer. Hi. Anyway, um, okay, Kendra, it's great to hear you. And I have placed two orders this week with Giant online. Sorry, my dog is saying hello. And um, it has been, yes, Giant has been doing a lot of updating since I've gone to Giant food from Peapod. But it's my underst- it's my understanding that the website will be complete February the fifteenth, and yes, instacart is forty percent higher. I did a run through with uh Congressman Trone's staffer, and also n b c four did a the same thing, and two weeks ago they showed that it was 40% higher on shopping. Um, I will say, I haven't used Safely, but I've been uh, considering it and also Todd, because you know how it is, when you want to eat, you want to eat. And you can have same day delivery through the giant website. Also, the app is good, I've been using it all along. The only thing is it takes forever. To place an order. I, my finger, I think I have arthritis in my finger from using uh, the app. And that's all, but I'm going to say I think you all are fabulous and you've done a wonderful
17: job. Um, I just want it, it's great to hear you and Gardenia as well. Um, but I just wanted to <laughs> let <hot>. you know. <laughs> as um, <laughs> Uh you make a great point about the the speed and that is one of the up, updates um that you speak about um we're completely aware that it is it can be tiresome and long and even when I'm shopping for my deliveries to be delivered ho- at home it can it can be a bit of a headache but um to your point um that will be the the final upgrade is to work on that bandwidth um and get some speed behind it. What
11: I like is you can now also get same day delivery on a on with Giant.
17: Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I
11: also like. And um, yes, I think of all the apps. Now I haven't tried Safeway, but I'm going to. Um, it's It is wonderful. And yes, if you have trouble, you can call the same old Peapod number and get mm-hmm. help. I know a lot of people who do and have since the issues. And it's been great working with you, Kendra.
17: Same, same. Thank you for your transparency and always keeping us on our toes. And also, hey, Sheila, that's it.
18: <laughs> I'll, I'll mute myself now. Um, Jane, there are no other hands raised.
1: Okay. Um, <clears throat> I have one comment, and I, I'm i sorry to be the one to bring up all the negatives. I feel so bad about it. Uh, but uh, there is a problem um, with in-store shopping. Um, I live in Leisure World, and there is a, a giant in the shopping center at Leisure World, Um 38 something international drive and they are uh, they they seem to be understaffed so that when you go in there to get some help to to get maybe a couple of items or whatever uh, in between your your giant or or whatever orders they look at you and they say can you help her no can you help her no i'm busy with such and such i felt really uh like chopped liver one day i wanted to bottle of ginger ale and I couldn't get anybody to help me get it um I I don't know what to do maybe it's a staffing issue um or who to tell um how to to escalate it so that when we when we those of us who are visually impaired or elderly people here in leisure world go to to the grocery store in person and giant to get someone to help us get things um it's it's difficult here.
17: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sorry you had that experience. I will definitely provide you with a um standard process, but um as you were speaking, I I actually was taking notes and I will send something um directly to our director of um store um operations um because that that that's not representative of our brand. Um, no. We definitely uh strive in um, you know, being personable and helpful to all of our customers, so um, I'm I'm completely where I've shopped at Leisure World Giant, so I know exactly yeah. uh, which store you're referring to, and um, I will provide you with a number offline. Um, I will have the table in and get the correct number, but I am aware of the director of in store operations, and I can I can get that note right over to him as soon Great. as possible.
1: Thank you so much because I know when there used to be a giant in Plaza del Mercado, they were always extremely helpful to me. So I know this isn't the, this isn't the norm. So, and I very much appreciate your help with it. Thank you. Jane, you do have Lori. You may unmute.
20: Hi, this is Lori. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So I'm in Virginia and, and um, we have a Martin's here. So I'm a little confused. I have done the store pickup, but if I understood you correctly, we can now do delivery?
17: Um, Giant Martins, um, that brand actually comes out of our um, kind of Carlisle um, office in Pennsylvania. Um, and I can direct you to um, someone specifically for that that brand um, but I don't want to speak out of term in some areas they do offer delivery but I'm not sure when or when they will offer it uh, for their their entire portfolio. I can't speak to it but okay. I definitely can give you the correct person that can give you some type of insight.
20: Okay that'd be great because I, I love the ability to do the order and pick it up but it still means I have to get there to get it
17: <laughs> absolutely that that takes away from it especially when you have a winter storm coming who wants to go out in this cold um but sometimes where there's a giant martin's there's usually another banner um are you by chance near maybe a giant food <laughs> a giant food or we have food a lion? Uh, food lion yeah
20: find the quality a little better
17: yeah.
20: at martin's which mm-hmm. is kind of what
17: i prefer
20: okay and the selection is is much better
17: okay well i'll definitely get some information over to jane i'm taking notes so i'll I'll give her the contact um information for giant martins and as well as that and i'll forward that on to you
20: Lori. i don't know if it helps but i'm in waynesboro so we're kind of far down from in more rural here (laughs) okay thank you (laughs) thank you Lori, yes
0: my thought is I'd just send Mike out and get him to get, you know, just, it doesn't matter. Snowstorms. Come on now. Here I have to
20: tell you, they are great at Martin's. He went shopping without me once. So they wanted to know if the dog and I were okay.
0: Oh, oh that's <laughs> great. Good, good place. That's great. It's good to hear your voice, Laurie.
21: Wendelin. Um, So I, I guess I'm going to piggyback on what Jane said. So I, I know this is about delivery, but since we've got somebody that sounds really smart, um, I, I mainly go to Giant um, because it's, it's a little bigger than the Safeway that's, that's fairly close to me. And one suggestion I would make for those of us who are you know, legally blind like myself or especially like totally blind, uh, and I have a guide dog and he seems to learn the grocery store well. Here recently, the, the Giant down on East West Highway did like a complete remodel And one thing maybe I would ask that you pass along, and that's why I wanted to make this comment, was I haven't known who to say this to, is when you do something like that, maybe like, I don't know, maybe like let, you know, like uh, ACB or other organizations in the area know that that's going to be happening so that maybe something can be done to, to help us. Like here during the pandemic, there's been early shopping hours, maybe, you know, have some... Staff available that could kind of help us reorient. I have not been back in there yet because I'm scared to death. To the one time I tried, I was so turned around. Actually, the store people that were stocking shelves couldn't even tell me where stuff had been moved to. So I, I, you know, I, I'm I piggybacking on my buddy Jane here on her actual in-store comment because uh, I, I'm actually waiting for my my uh, giant delivers order here tomorrow morning. Hopefully before the snow. Piles up too much um, because I'm I'm just scared to go down there right now. So
17: that is a great point, and just so everyone is aware, all of the stores sooner or later will be remodeled and upgraded. Um, if you've been to one of the, uh, you know, one of the new grand openings or in a store that's been recently remodeled, you see that the footprint has changed a little bit. We have added, you know, flatbread pieces more items to our deli and hot food bar and um, expanding our organic products. But that's a really good point. Um it's kinda terrifying for even myself. Um sometimes going into those newly remodeled stores and you do have to get reacquainted. Um so I'll definitely see if it's a matter of maybe a blueprint or just like you said, just you know, uh, um, hey, this is happening. Um but just for the sake of the call, all of the stores sooner or later will go into that new model. And it generally will keep the same flow of traffic to your right. It will be produce, but there is a um, change in that deli. So when you come out of produce, the hot bar deli organic section is expanded. So a lot of the stuff is kind of um, pushed to the next aisle or extended. So you will, you will actually run into issues potentially finding items. Um, just because of that, that those changes in those sections.
21: No, and I, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you to piggyback on something Cindy said, uh, or, or somebody said here uh, a minute ago. Um, I saw, I actually, I was in Safeway the other day. And one of the folks that works down at Giant saw me and was like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're okay. And, and so I, I love the staff down there. And, you know, in my experience that, you know, they, they have been, you know, fairly good, you know, helping out and whatnot. But uh, she did tell me, she gave me a tip that they've kind of flipped some of the aisles and stuff. So, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I appreciate you passing that along because um, I would love to go back down. there. It's a great walk for, for my guide dog and I during this time when we don't get to do that much.
17: Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, I'll pass that along and hopefully I can get some update um, to pass along to Jane.
5: Nanette, you may unmute. Um, I I just wanted to say some things about Instacart. Um, they do have an accessibility line, and they're very helpful. And they will actually help you to deal with your order if you're having difficulty doing that. Uh, there is in in the app uh, you can see a list of the items that you've purchased. And actually, even though there are a lot of them, that's the way I usually go through. Uh, I just go through that whole list, which is a bit laborious, but, and then I just check those that I want, uh, that I would like to purchase. Uh, one, uh, the issue about checking out, uh, when I have trouble doing that, it's usually because there's a delivery question. There's you choose your delivery time, and then there's a spot where, whether you have it checked or not, there's an item about whether they can leave it at your door if you are not around. You have to respond to that item, uh, or or it will dim your checkout. And I find uh, sometimes things that I need to see are down at the. At the very bottom, in my case, I'm using the iPhone. So on on the bottom of the screen, I often find the items that I'm looking for that I may be puzzled about. Well, actually, that's that's all I had to say. Unless, I uh, if that's someone would point. like...
12: Um, when this is, I mean, uh, Nanette, this is Sandra. That's a really good point. Um, you, you did a better job of explaining the the checkout process than me. Um, but one of the things that I also mentioned, you actually, literally, you could have your, you could, you could have a, um, there's a part where you can literally like choose your favorite items and have the cart automatically stocked with those right. as your base point, And then you can, you know, add, but if you have uh, 10 things that you typically get, literally you can start from that point and you can add more, you can delete some, you can, yeah. Thank you for um, making me think that.
5: Well, that? you did approach it from a viewpoint that's interesting to me because I don't usually look at the categories. And so it, there's, there's really more than one way to use it, as, as you made clear. Um, it's, it, I, I think it's what we get comfortable with sometimes, what we're used okay. to, and okay. that tends to be maybe what we do. But if anyone does have questions, I'd be happy to answer them or to provide this Excel, accessibility line number if someone would like that.
4: Okay, are there any
18: more questions? No, there are no other hands raised and you have ten minutes left.
1: Does anybody want to talk about other online services like shipped or fresh direct or prime now or whatever that Amazon Fresh or does anybody use any other ones?
17: Can I make a comment about Fresh Direct? Sure. Um we just recently acquired them in December, but all platforms stay the same, but they are now a part of the giant I hold Del Hayes family
1: oh i didn't know that well they don 't come to my area. I was so disappointed I put three things in my cart, but then i couldn't order them because they don't they don't come to my area, so hopefully it will be expanding so
17: Hopefully. I know I think it's just D.C., but I know they're very popular in the New York metropolitan area.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, Jane, one of the things I'll say about Grocery by Phone is um, as far as the, uh, the being able to tip through Grocery by Phone, uh, I can take care of that with Todd. That works great. And then also all the coupons and everything that that can come with the shopping are always taken care of by by todd so for me a lot of times now it's just emails an email back and forth and i've got my shopping done in from my side at least five minutes and uh it's it's wonderful as far as uh, getting access to the stores right now i see that you know there are lines outside giant Uh, they're only letting so many people in the store at least in the silver spring area and uh, so this has just worked out great. It's wonderful, wonderful to have all these choices and all this access built in. And, you know, I appreciate everybody um, working with us to make sure that things are accessible. When they're not, you know, we just work with it. And it's all about relationship building and making sure things, uh, apps, websites, we all have issues with that. It's, it's great to be able to have choices. Thank you.
18: And Pat and Jane, you do have a couple more hands raised. All right. Larry, you may unmute.
22: Um, Hi, this is Larry Cohen. And for those that don't know me, which is most of you, I'm low vision um, with just enough to get in trouble all the time. Um, One quick comment about Giant. It is confusing. I think they did an incredible job in the store, so they have much more
23: many more items
22: than they used to have, uh, it was really a clever job. The problem is, like Jane brought up and someone else, the signs even don't really tell you where things are. So if you go to the index sign in the front of the store, it often sends you to aisle 21 when the stuff is on aisle 10 or something like that. and. The help situation. We don't have. To, I don't have to reiterate. I use um, I use Giant a lot, but I for home delivery. I use um, Alexa. I use my. Uh, um, I try my dad. Uh, <laughs> she reminded me that she tries the best she can do. Um. Mm-hmm. So I use Whole Foods, and I the thing I like about. I really like their produce, and um, and you have the choice with substitutions or no substitutions, and um, I usually go with none because they have a, you know, they substitute organic, organic for non-organic or vice versa, and um, what, what I guess I've, you know, ordered an eggplant and gotten a zucchini, know same family it was a so i stopped substituting but outside of that um they i can call them at eight o'clock in the morning and have a delivery at 10 some you know unless it's crazy uh, the day before a snowstorm then i'm it might take me till the end of the day they're very quick with their delivery they um There's never a question about, anybody who uses Amazon knows, there's never a question about returning something. I don't mean returning, but getting credit um, if you have a problem. And again, if if you're ridiculous about it, I'm sure there'd be a problem. But the the, the quality of food has been very good. And one or two instances where it wasn't, they just gave me back my money. Um, And I think it's an easy site to shop. You can either do it. Through Alexa, or they have um, a page that when you go to when you go to the Amazon site, you just hit Whole Foods, and it opens up everything to you, and it tells you step by step where you are and where you're going. Um, so that's my experience with Whole Foods. That's all. Thank you,
20: Lori. You may unmute. Hi. Uh, we use occasional, well, every other week, we do a delivery through Imperfect Foods. And uh, they pretty much do nationwide delivery. And you can find some, a lot of uh, gluten-free and, uh, you know, all different, more unique foods. We found, um, actually, sweet potato um noodles that we get from them so they have some more unique things and their prices are are very good um they pick can pick your cart for you and then what you do is is you on thursdays after 3 p.m you can you can log in and it'll say okay these are the items you know we pre-picked for you and you can take things off you can tell them like you never want you know thus and such delivered or you can put something on auto you know auto ship like if they have it they deliver it type of thing um and uh it's it's we've had really really good luck and they're they're uh we did have a situation where a bag of grapes it wasn't a sealed bag so they wound up like all over the box the inside of the box that it got shipped in and they come right to your front door in a you know, in a carton, um, it's delivered, I think it's by FedEx, like a refrigerated truck. Um, and it's it's worked out well. I know several blind people throughout the country who use it. And if you catch a commercial on TV, usually there's a discount code for your first order.
1: Any more questions? No, ma'am. Well, the one that we haven't talked about yet, um, which is uh, another delivery thing, is Schwann's. Um, I use Schwann's faithfully. As a matter of fact, sometime today I've got to put in my order um, because my delivery day is every other week. It's on Mondays. And they have frozen food. It's all frozen. Um, they have meat. They have seafood. They have vegetables. They have entrees. They have pizzas. They have desserts. Um, pretty much nothing fresh. You know, you can't get your milk and your cheese and whatever. But all of, a lot of frozen things and you can order over the phone. You can use the iPhone app. Uh, you can probably order on their website too. Um, but I found the food to be really good. It's probably a little bit higher than you would get. You didn't, you, you would pay in a regular grocery store, but I just, I get real excited when food gets delivered to my house. I, I just, I must've been a squirrel in a previous life. I really, I, I enjoy that. Um, so, um, I, I, uh, I get a lot of stuff from Schwann's and um and it's good. I enjoy it. And J- Jane, I wonder why we, a,
0: a, a we had minutes. a panel here right before lunchtime.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. And you
0: forgot their ice cream, Schwans ice cream.
1: <laughs> I have ice cream. If anybody wants to come to okay. my house, we can get
18: vanilla um, come.
0: Great ice cream from Swans.
1: So I'm not gonna okay. ship it over the computer.
0: No. We had one more question, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sheila.
18: No, I said you have about one minute left.
0: (laughs) One minute left? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) um,
1: Our next presenter is here, I saw. Um, Pat, do you want to, you've dealt more with Vanda than I have. Sure,
0: I will. But I also wanted to thank this panel for making me hungry all over again, right around lunchtime. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think I have a break here for a while, so I'm in a bad mood, but I'll be all right. Not till auction time yeah thank you everybody this was a wonderful panel
1: this was a a very interesting panel discussion
0: very good and uh, i guess you'll all be busy with the snowstorm coming in maryland pretty soon Mm, thank you thanks everybody thank
2: you all right bye now thanks
0: thanks um maggie thank you for coming to us now that we've all talked about food for uh the last hour now we're all sleepy, I think, or maybe sleepy.
1: Or some of us have non-24, and we're probably very sleepy.
0: Yes, maybe very sleepy. Um, I wanted to thank you first for the um, for the uh, you know supporting ACB National. Uh, Vanda has always been a, a wonderful supporter of, of ACB National and been very generous, and you've also been. Very generous to us in, in Maryland. you come to every one of our um, uh, conventions uh, faithfully over the years. So thank you for that very much. Um, can you give us an idea of what's going on with Non24? And tell us what's going on with Vanda.
16: Hey, guys.
24: Thanks so much for having me. Um, and I have to say, I'm pretty hungry myself. So I guess this is a good segue to <laughs> to my, I guess, presentation talking about sleep and being sleepy. Um, But I would just wanna say thank you very much for inviting me here today. I love American Council of the Blind. You guys have been so kind to me and um, so kind to Vanda. So it's very, very much uh, appreciated. Um, And also thank you, Jane and Tyson and Pat and so many others behind the scenes working so hard. This has been absolutely um, a pleasure to be part of it and listening of all the information. And I have to say, I just want to make a comment about the shopping, online shopping. I so emphasize with you guys because I have tried online shopping just a few times and it's been so challenging. Um, I don't think I can do it again. So it's, it's tough. And um, and I'm fully sighted, so I can definitely emphasize what how hard that is. Um, but again, my name is Maggie Felton. Um, I am a clinical nurse educator for Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Um, I do live on Hunt Valley, um, if anybody's familiar. So Hunt Valley, Phoenix, Jarrett'sville area. And a little bit of background about myself. I went to... Um, Carroll Community College, long, long time ago, um, for my nursing degree, and eventually moved on to Stevenson's, uh, formerly known as the Villa Julie, for my undergrad, and uh, recently I graduated from Old Dominion, those of you from Virginia are probably very familiar with it, Old Dominion University, with uh, my master's in Family Nurse Practitioner. So I'm very, very excited to be here um, and be able to present to you guys from the clinical perspective on the 924. Um, 24 Before I get started, I want to just go ahead and give up my phone number for those of you who may um, have an interest um, to uh, ask questions uh, more personally or offline Um, or uh, would like to share anything with me, I encourage you to reach out to me. Um, My phone is available for anyone who would like more information. Um, And that number is 202-579-8035. It is a cell phone number, so you're welcome to text me, um, uh, again, for anything and any time. Um, I also wanted to um, add in a side note um, for those of you who may be wondering, if you haven't noticed, I do have a slight accent. So to spare you from trying to figure out for the next 20 minutes where I'm from, um, I was born in Poland, um, born and raised there. I moved here when I was 14. I lived pretty much in the uh, Maryland, D.C. area my whole life. Um, But I do, you know, I do have a little accent that comes out here and there uh, where people will try to uh, guess where I'm from. So, yes, I am um, Polish. My whole family's here. um, And I I love Maryland. And um, but I don't necessarily always love the weather. So (laughs) uh, which I'm sure all of you can can probably relate to this, especially this this week. We're definitely getting some some. severe uh questionable temperatures. But anyways, um I want to go ahead and move on to the 924 um which is the sleep wake disorder, circadian rhythm disorder. Um typically what I do is I come out to you guys to your support groups and really really get into the details about how it works what is non24 you know we have a discussion about the master body clock and how that works and talk about symptoms and facts um, but today I just kind of wanted to do an overview I know some of you, probably well familiar with 924. uh, But some of you may have not heard um, a whole lot about it. And the reason why we continue to talk about it, because it is still, um, it is a rare disorder. So in the community outside of us, it's still very much well unknown, especially in the clinical community. So we try to educate ourselves. So if we are Uh, facing the question. Do I have it? Is it me? Is it something else? We want to make sure that we are well educated so we can educate others. And so I also wanted to go over some of the um, questions that uh, I typically get um, from people. So I'll go through those as well. And then I'll just close out with my information again. And if we have time uh, for any questions that you guys may have. Um, so first, uh, first things first. So non-24 sleep wake disorder, also known as circadian rhythm disorder has many other names. It can be uh, somewhat confusing, but as we know it, we always just say non-24 and that's N O N 24. Um, first and foremost, it is a serious, serious chronic condition. Uh, it's not like a flu. It's not like Corona, I think um, it it doesn't uh, come and goes. Um, If you're affected by it, you are affected by it for life and you have to treat it for life. Uh, As you all know, it is heavily influenced by light. Um, So being totally blind, um, you're very susceptible to it. But it doesn't affect individuals only who are totally blind. Um, It affects uh, people with low vision and even sighted individuals can be affected by this disorder. Um, It does have classic symptoms. And some of the symptoms that we always talk about is this night time sleep impairment. And when I say that, and I don't mean just an ability to sleep at night, it's even an ability to to fall asleep, get any kind of restful um, time. Um, And I'll talk about that in a minute. It's because it's regulated by hormones. But those people who have none 24, they'll tell you they'll find themselves doing all sorts of things at nighttime. Anything from, you know, laundry to paying bills to vacuuming, doing dishes, you name it. They're fully alert and awake, doing all sorts of active things. And even if you try to put yourself to bed, you lay down, you close your eyes, maybe you have. Good sleep hygiene when you take a bath around the same time, when you put yourself on a schedule, you eat well, you exercise. Even if you do all those things, um, you lay in bed, you close your eyes, and it's just nothing. Uh, Your mind wanders. Your mind is active. Your eyes open up. And so your mind reaches for all sorts of things that are happening in the day. It is fully active. It's very, very difficult to make yourself fall asleep. Um, and also comes with um, difficulty staying awake during the day, and not just being tired, but really, really having this strong urgency to fall asleep um, to the point where it truly affects your quality of life. So um, your your work, uh, school. Um, you know, uh, affects relationships. So it, it it's really, really debilitating. And one of the things I want to mention about that, that it comes in various degrees. So we're not all affected in the same way. Some people will have really, really strong symptoms, but some people um, will have just mild symptoms that they may not necessarily even recognize. Um, and one of the last thing about uh, the symptoms about 924, it, it is has this cyclical pattern, Um, but if you don't pay attention to it, a lot of people will tell you it feels like your sleep is a roller coaster. It comes and goes. It's not very predictive. It's all over the place, and it's really, really hard to pinpoint when you're going to be sleepy, when you're going to be tired, when you're going to be feeling restful. Um, But those of you who have it or have some symptoms of it, Uh, you'll know that it's really, really difficult to feel restful all the time. Um, And um, another important thing I think is to mention that, you know, the reason why we talk about non-24 circadian rhythm disorder, because the symptoms are very similar to other sleep disorders. So it can be very challenging trying to figure out what, you know, which is it, you know, is it insomnia? Is it uh, sleep apnea? Is it narcolepsy? Is it shift work disorder? Which one is it? So it can be very, very challenging, um, trying to pinpoint exactly what it is. Um, Another thing I wanted just to add about the um, circadian rhythm, uh, the master body clock, I know some of you might have heard about it. Um, But it is something that uh, it's within us, we have this internal clock that dictates everything that we do. um, And it's regulated by the daytime and nighttime cycle. And what happens is essentially uh, that daytime and nighttime cycle releases certain hormones, sleepy hormones and active hormones. And when we talk about those, you all heard of melatonin. It is the a hormone that makes you sleepy. Uh, we typically naturally release it as the sun goes down. So the first few hours in the evening, your body is making melatonin to help you fall asleep. Um, but it only releases it for, for a few hours. It does not work all night long. So for those of you Can identify with this sometimes you feel like if you get sleepy, but you kind of passed that sleepy time, then you get like a surge of energy. Um, People call it the second wind. Um, This is because your melatonin is not working anymore, you're not producing it so much. Um, And then we make cortisol. Uh, Cortisol is your active, alert, awake hormone. It keeps you energized. It gets your day going. It keeps you active. And we release most of this cortisol first thing in the morning to get your day going, to get you started Uh, And that's how our bodies are designed to do. And with cortisol, we make the most in the morning and then it depletes and we make make less and less and less as the day progresses. And so we don't want to make cortisol at nighttime as much because we want to go to sleep. We don't want to be active. So um, with circadian rhythm disorder, um, our body is sort of confused when to make these hormones. Um, and so, uh, our eyes are, pay, play a huge role in how these hormones are released. Our eyes have a specific cells that essentially detect the light um, every day. And every day, this light sets every single person every single day, and uh, this 24-hour cycle circadian rhythm. So we're all in the same cycle, but um, what truly happens, we're all a little bit different. We're not identical. We're not robots. So every single one of us have our own intrinsic cycle that's a little bit off the 24-hour clock. So if your clock is not reset every single day, your hormones will not be produced at the uh, appropriate time. So as a result, um, you the hormones are released uh, uh, in a circular Clockwise pattern that's a little bit off, and so therefore, um, it's on um, your people are unable to go to sleep at the time that aligns with the 24 hour cycle. So, um, it, and as I said, um, most individuals who are affected by it are those who are totally blind, uh, but not all totally blind individuals may have NONE24, but also um, you don't have to be totally blind to have it. It happens to people of all sorts of eyesight, low vision, and as I said, even sighted individuals may have this. Um, So I wanted to kind of go over some of the um, questions that I typically get about NONE24 to kind of help fill maybe some of um, the holes for um, those of you who may already know some information, about not 24. So one of the typical questions I get is, is there a difference in natural versus artificial light and helping get some signal to the brain? Um, so we know that the body is designed to use natural light Uh, but sometimes uh, some individuals will respond to artificial light um, if it's sufficiently synchronized with the circadian rhythm. So the answer is yes, uh, but everybody's different, um, and it also depends on how severe your uh, circadian rhythm is affected. And also a question that goes along with it, um, can we process this light in any other way um, other than our eyes? So can we use um, like our skin, you know, can we use our skin to reset um, or help their circadian rhythm align? Um, and the answer is uh, no. Um, unfortunately, uh, light that enters through our retina and our eyes is required for circadian rhythm to be synchronized through the external environment. Um, and, you know, people always talk about certain things that help them, you know, identify, um, get their day going um, and the presence of light or warmth on their skin or, you know, coffee smell in the morning, the birds chirping. Uh, You know, some people can identify with those cues to get their days aligned, but they're not truly going to align your circadian rhythm. You actually need that light to make that happen. The reason is because the, the way the brain is designed, it takes those cues from your eyes. It travels through a complex system back to your brain and the brain tells um, your body what to do and um, specifically what hormones to release. When are you sleepy? When are you active? Um, another question um, that I get, how do I know if I have it? So in addition to some of the symptoms that we talk about, um, um, your people may experience uh, time that your body wants to sleep, uh, seems to shift over time. one of the important things that we didn't really talk about a bit affects your personal and professional relationship that becomes very significant. Um, so it helps for people to carry on a diary with some of those things. Um, you know, keep a diary, nothing fancy, just write down. When are you sleepy? When are you awake? When are you rested? Are you taking naps? Um, it helps not just you, but, uh, the clinician to identify some patterns in this. And the reason why we say that, because, you know, we talk about different sleep disorders like uh, insomnia or sleep apnea or narcolepsy, or even shift disorders. They all have the same symptoms. You know, when you go to a doctor and you say, I can't sleep, or I'm unable to sleep, you know, I am tired during the day. So a doctor goes through various of different questions to kind of help determine, you know, what could be the cause And the differences, uh, for example, in uh, uh, insomnia. So insomnia is not a circadian rhythm disorder. It is a sleep disorder but it has a more of a predictable pattern. Usually people have insomnia, have a hard time going to bed around the same time in the evening. It's more predictable. It can be anxiety induced. It could be stress induced. It could be medication induced. It could be seasonal from depression and so forth. It has a variety of causes. And so it's important to dive into those and figure out uh, what it is. Um, It's also different from sleep apnea. Some of you who uh, have sleep apnea I know you probably wear something called CPAP. Um, CPAP, it helps uh, the air uh, goes into your lungs um, as you lay down and sleep, usually because there's an obstruction. And those of you who have it, your partner will probably tell you that you have some snoring, um, or you may wake yourself at night um, from from trying to get air into the lungs. Um, it's also very different from things like shift disorders. Um, I used to have a shift disorder when I worked nighttime in the hospital, right down the street of Harbor Hospital for many, many years. Uh, but it went away when I changed schedule or when I moved on to a different role. So shift disorder is not permanent. Um, and it also is affected a little bit differently. Um, and narcolepsy is also different because it's just all over the all over the place. Um, and so a lot of people ask, well, how is it diagnosed? Um, well, your doctor relies strongly on your uh, symptoms. So what you tell them uh, really plays a huge role and how it is diagnosed. So it's important to be able to identify the symptoms. And as we said, it's still considered a rare disorder out there. So many clinicians may not even think about that, um, especially in our um, community, uh, sighted community or or individuals who are totally blind, where um, this is a very huge problem. So We talk about it to you so you can share that with your clinicians. Uh, There are no blood tests. There are no really good specific tests to tell whether you have it, yes or no. Um, So that also becomes a challenge. So knowing your symptoms um, is very important. Um, Also people ask what type of doctor should I go to see? Um, Well, your regular healthcare provider is usually the first one um, who you'll have a conversation with. Um, And again, they may or may not know um, that you um, know about the disorder. And so it is sometimes um, can be misconstrued for other disorders. So that's why we talk about uh, things like, you know, insomnia, uh, obstructive sleep apnea, even depression, sometimes ADHD, or even fatigue. So a lot of, a lot of disorders cause sleep issues and fatigue. Um Just looking at the time, um, so a lot of times people ask me, you know, um, why do sighted individuals also develop non-24 and really fully sighted individuals have different uh, path or the the mechanism, the breakdown or how it happens is a little bit different. Um, So sometimes it could be genetic, tendencies and sometimes it could just be disruption of the path so their eyes may be working correctly, they may be receiving the cues, but the message may never get to the brain to uh, synchronize um, that rhythm every single day. Um, sometimes people ask me, um, if, is there activities, you know, does exercise help, you um, to reset uh, the master body clock, again, um, it, it helps to have a good sleep hygiene, but light is considered the main trigger in resetting that that clock, that internal clock. Um, sometimes people ask, well, what about a light box, you know, that artificial light? Um, and as I said, if it's done correctly, it can help some people, but not all individuals. Um, and it's really can't be treated on your own. If you have it, it really needs to be addressed by your healthcare care provider. Um, also, a fun question. Sometimes people ask me, what about those people who live in Alaska? You know, where you have, you know, days and days of, of daytime or nighttime. And so essentially, um, they use light shades, you know, night shades to kind of regulate uh, and put their bodies on that uh, schedule um so i i know i have a little bit of time late i wanted um just leave the rest of the time to ask if anyone um, has any questions any comments anything they'd like to share I am just going to go ahead and give out my phone number again for anyone who would like to talk to me offline, perhaps, if, if you like more information. There's lots of resources um, available that I'd love to share with you. Um, my telephone number is 202-579-8035. And thank you so much, guys, for this opportunity. Um, really really glad to be able to share this information.
0: Thank you, Maggie. I appreciate that. I appreciate the information you shared with us. And also, you know, it seems interesting. I read a lot and heard a lot about how we're doing sleeping during all this COVID uh, (laughs) uh, nightmare that we're going through. So um, let's see if we've got any other other questions that someone might like to ask. If not, maybe you could address that and Give us your impressions on sure. areas that we can do a better job with sleeping, as far as uh, getting past all this COVID mess that we're going through.
18: Absolutely. Do you have any
0: questions? You do have office?
18: you do have a hand raised. The last right, three numbers seven sure. six nine. You may unmute.
10: Yes, um, I'm a military brat. <laughs> Traveled around the United States, overseas, and stuff, and. I was on an island. My dad was in the Navy and we were stationed 500 miles from Russia back in the fifties. And uh, on this island, uh, up there in that area, of course, like, uh, wintertime, you had for a winter's day, you probably have maybe say about three hours of light. Summertime, sun come up early in the morning and it would go down. Say around midnight. That's why they call it the midnight sun. It'd go down. So you uh, that is true. You had a lot of these uh the daytime to nighttime type of stuff that was going on during that particular time when I was there.
24: Yes, yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's true. And um now did you serve as well or did you say you're you're
10: I'm a military uh, brat. <laughs> B R A T. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, my dad was in the CBs. And like I said, where we were stationed, uh, people here in, here in Missouri and people in Maryland, a lot of places would have it hard, uh, if they lived there. Like I said, we, when we were there, you had no TV. Mm. You listened to Armed Forces Radio. You listened to Moscow Mali. Uh huh. Uh-huh. She was uh, Soviet Union's answer to Tokyo Rose.
2: Mm-hmm. You made your own
10: hamburger buns. Did have hamburgers? You had to make your own hamburger buns, and they would have ships come in every so often. They would bring fresh fruits and vegetables and other things. But like say, we were five hundred miles from Russia. If the Russians ever dropped a bomb out there on there that island we'd had a, ourselves a time but yeah. people would yeah. out there would be uh people would be uh, here are spoiled um uh, where i live and a lot of other places and you put them out there on that island they'd be lost
2: i
0: think i'd be one of those people yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, Maggie, if I could ask a question concerning sleep deprivation or sleep patterns, have you seen during the COVID crisis, people more anxious, uh, affecting sleep in general? Can you give us some general um, thoughts about what we can do to sleep better?
24: Sure, absolutely. And um, I'll share this just, you know, from my personal experience on some things that I've You know, people have shared with me um, and what I've been able to witness out there. I think this has definitely been a challenging time for every single person. Um, Sleep uh, has definitely been affected um, for many reasons. One, because our schedules are just changed or, or for some of us, maybe non-existent. Um, all sorts of age groups have been affected. Um, I know, you know, I, I read a lot about, you know, our teens um, who are heavily affected by it, um, children, um, because they're just, you know, they they're have a lot of stress, just like everybody else. There's a lot of stress and anxiety out there, you know, about your health, uh, I apologize for my puppies in the back, but, you know, about your health, about, you know, your getting um, through the day and then be able to reach your goals every day for, for things that we possibly took for granted in the past, like getting your groceries, going to grocery stores, um, things like um You know, sorts of sorts of things. I could just sit here probably name a whole bunch of them. But sleep has definitely been um, affected by many um, uh, for many individuals. And so over time, what I have found, people are really, really trying to almost put themselves back on the schedule. Um, so, you know, when I mentioned sleep hygiene, uh, that is a big word that's been kind of talked about. And all it means is that you um, are very good about making sure that you, you know, you have a routine for your sleep. You know, you go to bed a certain time to get your body kind of ready for it. Maybe you take a bath or a shower right before, so that signals your body that it's what's happening next. Um, some people, you know, tell me they'll they'll eat certain things that help them, fall, you know, kind of get into sleep. You know, removing your electronics—it's very hard to do that these days—but removing electronics from the bedroom so your body knows you're not waking up by the ding, um, by the ding through. And I am so sorry. There, there's something happening outside. If you hear that um, honking, um, but you know things like you know removing electronics, putting shades on, um, or you know putting white noise on um, to make it you know to make that noise background so you're not disrupted by things in the background. So, um, you know, sleep hygiene has been probably the number one thing that um, people have been trying to employ to help them with the sleep struggles. Um, And, of course, things like exercise and stress reduction, you know, whether you're doing yoga or walking just outside or walking with your dog or, you know, and having good, good, um, good, healthy eating habits.
0: Very good. Thank thank you, Maggie. I appreciate that. And thank you for coming on um, our Maryland Conference Convention and also for, as I said earlier, the, All the support that you've given ACB National and what you've done for Maryland. We appreciate it. Um, if I get any questions, I will certainly send them your way. Um, do you want to give your contact information one more time?
24: Absolutely. Um, so my telephone number is 202-579-8035. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Great. Thank, Thank you, Maggie. Appreciate it. Yes. Very good. Um, Jane, how am I doing on time?
1: You're right on time. It's 1230. It's time for our next presentation.
0: Very good. All right. Very good. Um, did we have a change on our host, or do we? Up
18: one o'clock. Okay. Good. Yeah, you're stuck with me for another
0: thirty minutes. Oh, good! I wanted to say thank <laughs> you. I didn't know if you'd left already. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling bad. Well, you know, you might become my my next best friend because of uh, the weather we're having here. So, you know, I have to treat. Yeah, my-
2: you don't need
0: somewhere to go down and visit. Yeah, we need somewhere to go down and escape all this. Time. Time. There yeah. you go. Know, particularly with all the recipes you have, Sheila. Right? That's right. Recipes <laughs> in warm weather. What's not to like? Right?
1: Absolutely. There you go. <laughs>
0: All right. Next, uh, I, she better not have disappeared because uh, we've heard her a couple of times today. Uh, I have Sandra Sermons, uh, who is going to talk in and give us an update on a program that we started here in Maryland called Making a Real Change Happen, which we've. Uh, the acronym is MARCH. Sandra, do you want to talk to us about, you may have to recap a little bit about what is MARCH? why we started it uh, where we've marched to and where we're going to march uh where we've marched from and where
12: we're going to march to okay um and so for the record no i have not disappeared (laughs) um (laughs) i'm still here um thank you for that introduction and um i i always am humbled when i end up speaking because Public speaking is not my thing. So if I mess up, then it's passable. All right. Um, making a real change happen. So what we decided to do, um, first of all, I will give shout outs, not just to myself, because I did not do this by myself, um, but uh, shout outs to Kenny Reader and the late great but not forgotten charlie crawford um they were kind of the brain children uh my brain trust when when it came to it um as you guys know we in this country have been experiencing a great deal of uh racial unrest you know the black lives matter movement and it's really sort of um filtering down to, okay, you know, the way that we conduct business, it, systemic racism. What is systemic racism? What does it look like? So, um, since we, as people who are blind or visually impaired, are, are just um, we're people first, our, our organization is a microcosm of society. So when um you had the changes you know there's this groundswelling of let's let let's start to celebrate diversity because we're you know better together but that means that you're celebra- celebrating people's strengths what they bring to the table in a diverse way um so we decided that like everything else uh, the disability movement was kind of white, and there was very little knowledge of the contributions of people of color to the disability rights movement and to the disability community and to the blind community. So what we decided to do was um, being as though we, back in August, we had the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. So, the date that was August 28th, so August 29th, we decided to have a virtual march of our own. And during that march, um, the, the cool thing about Zoom, Zoom is a wonderful thing, like we didn't leave our living rooms, okay? But we still marched. And what we did was we, we highlighted, um, we took pretty much every disability group. So, of course, starting with the blind community first, we highlighted some folks of color who have made a significant contribution to the blind community, to the deaf community, to the um, folks with independent living community, so on and so forth, you know? Um, And we learned uh, a great deal. I learned a great deal. Um, I think most everybody else who participated learned a great deal. Um, But the one takeaway is that we, Learned a great deal, but we also understand that there's a great deal more work to do. Um, And so, because this encompasses every aspect of our lives, okay? Making a real change happen means that you're not going to just change one thing. You're going to change systemic. There's going to be a paradigm shift, a systemic change. You're now starting to include folks of color in every aspect of the things that we do. So, and with, with respect to ACB, okay, um, what does that mean? That means that, well, ACB of Maryland and then ACB, you know, on a, on a more general level. So, what does that look like? That means, first of all, what, besides the march, um, we also did a Kwanzaa celebration because um there is a lack of knowledge in terms of what it is, which is a celebration of of the african American and African experience and so we will, we were able to have a a very educational yet fun experience um, and it was a two parter um that's that's one thing. Um, we've also done a series of trainings uh, that have been hosted by a very a wonderful trainer. Her name is Jane Dunham, and they were done through the Multicultural Affairs Committee. Um, and we actually are are slated to do some more trainings as well. Finally, well, last but not least. Um We have sort of an ad hoc group that has been sort of coming together and having conversations surrounding what can we do next? What? Looking at some things that are um, true in the disability community, perhaps in ACB, what what can we do um, to kind of continue to bring this to the forefront and more importantly, Make a real change so that six months from now, we're not still wondering, well, guys, what, what now? What, do, what does this look like? How, what, what do we really want? And so we, we come together um, and just sort of have conversations about the next process, next thing, the next stage in the game, the next um, cornerstone that we lay um, and the goal is not to exclude anybody. The goal, rather, is to unite people, but to unite people in a way that recognizes and celebrates diversity and inclusion. So I, as a person of color, may have different experiences that I can bring to the table, and we're going to celebrate that. Uh, somebody who's Latino may have experiences that they can bring to the blindness table. And we're trying to celebrate that and incorporate that as well. So our next real tangible thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a trivia night. And the goal, um, you I'm sure everybody out there in ACB land has heard of trivia, you know, Jeopardy, but this one is going to be a bit different. Um, we're calling it our, our Black History Tribute Night because, as you know, um, next month is African American History Month. So we figured what we would do is kind of everybody enjoys learning if it's fun. You know, make something fun where we can come together, fellowship, laugh, um, and and come away with... Um, an expanded body of knowledge that we previously didn't have, okay? So um, essentially, it's going to be like Jeopardy, kind of, sort of. Only the questions are going to be predicated on African-American history. So we may have a question as simple as, who was the first African-American president of the United States? Okay, we all know that's President Obama right but then we have more um obscure questions okay who developed blood plasma um who was the first african-american secretary of state or national security advisor or who broke the color barrier at west point then we're going to have um around where we're going to play clips, either of music or of, um, people speaking. Like, for example, since, um, Michelle Obama narrates her own book, Becoming, so does Susan Rice, Condoleezza Rice, um, many, many others, um, actually narrate their books. So we're going to have clips and, um, the teams will have to guess who the, Author is or who the speaker is. So we're we're not going to just completely bum rush you and sort of deluge you with these with facts that may be obscure. We we really will send out fact sheets um, to give you a sense of of the kind of information that we will be asking for, the questions that we're going to be having. Um, but so for sure, be be on the lookout for that. Um. Tentatively is scheduled for the third Saturday in February, but um, for sure we, we will definitely be on the lookout, be on the lookout for that. And just if you have any ideas or suggestions or um, concerns, um, I definitely would love to hear from you. because. I have some folks that that help me out and we, you know, um, put our heads together, but we don't know everything. We don't know what experiences everyone else is facing, even if I happen to be a person of color. Um, So if you have some ideas, if you have, you know, something that you'd like to see happen, like for us to do a particular thing. You, you don't like a particular thing that you know either goes on ACB, ACB in Maryland, the disability community, and you just want to talk about it. You don't know what to do with it. You just had a you know an epiphany that you can't wait to share. Um, I would strongly encourage you to reach out to me. Um, my number is area code 202 489 9479 202 489 9479. And my email address is DST Delta Sigma Theta 71992 at gmail.com. Again, D is in Dog, S is in Sam, T is in Tom, 71992 at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from all of you. And at this point, what I would like to do is to open up because I I firmly believe that presentations need to be interactive. Um, So I've done far more talking than I wanted to do today. So I'm going to open this up and see if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns. Are we going in the right direction, the wrong direction, something like that.
18: Sandra, you have a Uh, Last three, seven, six, nine You may unmute
10: Uh, Hello Uh, Yes, I uh, This march that we were uh, Talking about in August My fiance and I uh, Participated in that Virtual march, I thought that was a Great and wonderful thing I'll tell you a little Kwanzaa story Though That uh, of course There was a, you know, at one time I didn't, uh, was not aware of Kwanzaa, but I used to go to this, uh, church in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, it was a, uh, church of God in Christ and they would have a Christmas party. And I remember this Christmas party I went to and they, and I heard them talk about Kwanzaa and I thought, well, Hey, this is interesting and that's when i heard them talk you know about the you know how it came about and all this kind of stuff like that which really i was uh, very impressed with that well i moved of course me i'm a uh, uh, a blues singer r&b rock and roll and i remember when i moved to st louis in 1997 from arkansas and we had a radio station there in East St. Louis that they called uh um, WESL but they had there was one particular time that it was devoted to black talk radio and i can remember they were playing of course white christmas uh the drifters version which is my favorite and and this guy was on there singing uh i'm dreaming. Of a great Kwanzaa. And I thought that was, that was pretty good right there when, you know, I once heard him sing this when I was introduced to the uh, radio stations there in that area. But I think that that's a very great thing that we're doing for this uh, uh, thing with the uh, racial uh, diversity thing. I think this, should include everybody, color, no color, uh, regardless what their religion may be. Whether they be Jewish, whether they Islamic, uh, regardless what it should be, we want to have diversity. We want to go all the way.
12: Thank you. Thank, now I know who you are. Is this Rick?
10: That's right.
12: The but blue-eyed I'm soul. With-
10: the blue-eyed <laughs> soul brother. That's what they used to call me in Little Rock.
12: I finally figured when you said, oh, well, your fiancé, okay, this has to be Rick. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Right. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your support.
10: You're welcome. By the way, uh, they uh, we have one of the chapters here in St. Louis every year. They have black history. And I was there one time, and one of their themes was Motown. And so I sang – a couple of Motown songs include one by Marvin Gaye, is one of his earlier songs, uh, Hitchhike. And that's how I got the name of the hitchhike, hitchhike Man.
12: Well, we will definitely be recruiting you for the trivia night. You have already signed
10: up. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you can start asking me about some uh, Billy Ward and the Dominoes, Jackie Wilson, uh, all these people and stuff like that. Hey,
12: I'm okay. pretty good with okay. that. Okay, we'll keep you in
10: mind. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome.
18: You don't have any other hands raised.
0: Sandra, this is Pat. One of the other, yeah, one of the other areas that I wanted to bring up uh, sort of goes along with, with, you know, what you've been talking about and how we're moving forward. Uh, We know that there's going to be training at the Leadership Conference um, on diversity issues. Also, I think that uh, as an Organization <clears throat> ACB has recognized that we need to do better in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So um, we're looking at uh, at getting hiring someone to assist us in that area as an organization because we don't have that expertise. We understand that we can do better, and I think as an organization we want to do better. So we're going to be talking to the experts and ensuring that we get the proper training to make sure we do do better. So I know ACB has been in the process of looking into that and making sure that it's the trainers that can help us put a roadmap for moving forward
22: in the future.
12: And I think, I think that that yeah. is critical um, I, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of moving pieces to this. You know, Rome was not built in a day and it's going to take it's going to take everybody's effort, you know, because it is a it's an ongoing thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we I feel like ACB of Maryland, in New York, we've been out front, you know, leading the charge. But um as a whole, you know, ACB, we have a, a history of being very open, very democratic, very, and so, um, I, I think that I am absolutely, I am excited to see, um, how ACB will be picking up the mantle and kind of running with it. Because as I said, we, we are, um, part of the Southern Leadership, uh, Civil Rights Conference, you know, um, all of that. So, we definitely, I would say we have the precedent. It's a matter of implementing it um, in, in every aspect of our organization, just as we're trying to implement it in every aspect of our country.
0: Right. And the other thing that I would say is, you know, we've, I think we've taken some initial steps to make sure that we start to get that information into the membership AMMS program so that you can start to collect that data and then I also know, just even talking to the people that put grants together, uh, Tony and Lynn, Bailey Page, and, and others, say that you know the, the uh, diversity, social justice issue, is very prevalent in uh, in grant writing these days and in fundraising, and so that information is important for us in AC but it's also where the rest of the country is going. And these are important areas that we need to cover. Uh, we certainly need the education to, to move forward as an organization so that we cover these areas um, smartly and, and do the right thing and include people so that we can start to understand who our population is, make sure that we have programs that are designed to meet the needs of populations and recruit more and get more people, as you have said to me before in leadership positions on committees and you know upward mobility.
12: Right. I think it's um, every aspect. So that means whether you're referring to you know the leadership, whether you're talking about um, exhibitors, uh, ACP staff, interns, and anything. Um, we, we have to keep this in mind because the reality is that um, people, African-Americans have the highest, one of the highest cases of, um, of uh, diabetes. Well, one of the prevalent uh, causes of blindness is, you know, retinopathy of diabetes, you know, diabetic retinopathy. Well, who has the most cases of diabetes? That would be us. Um, and so I, I think it, like i said i think it is it is it has a lot of moving pieces um it's going to take an effort from everyone one person can't do everything one affiliate can't do everything um but it is going to take a collective movement from everybody um can do their little piece of the work and and that way we can start to see when we go to the exhibit hall we can start to see exhibitors who look like us when we go to um, uh, the theater and we have audio describers that are who are live we can we can start to see um, describers who look like us um, every aspect.
0: And I, I it's interesting you bring up the audio description piece because that has been a topic on. Throughout the audio description area, and and exactly what you're saying is exactly what has been spoken about, so that uh, you know you get the, the proper actors enunciating the the proper parts as far as yes. audio description.
12: The dialects concerned. you want the you want the description, um, the describer to be able to match the dialect of whatever of the venue of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's. I I know I was sort of silent for a very long time because for a long time we didn't have audio description, right? So be happy with what you have. Okay. But it's a new day. Um, if, if, if I'm at an African American movie, I want an African American describer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, if Mm -hmm. I, the African American author, I want an African American narrator. Um, you know, and and it's not just me. Like I'm 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 using the first person, but I've I've heard this from other people. Um, it's just that at the moment I'm on my soapbox. So what I really am uh, hearing from other people throughout the country, who may not necessarily have have this opportunity. So I I really am speaking in a collective way, and and the goal, as I've said previously, is not to exclude anyone. Okay, I don't want to take away from anything that anyone has, you know, instead, I would like to add to it, because when you recognize somebody's diversity, you're recognizing their assets and they they can fully participate um, in, in society or in ACB or in ACB of Maryland or whatever you happen to be referring to It's acknowledging our differences while uniting and coming together to be stronger.
18: Sandra, you have a question. Okay. Lori, you may unmute. Hey Lori.
23: Lori, you may unmute, dear. You got me. It's Mike. It's not Lori. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um no, Sandra, I I you know, um as you know me, I've I've been around for years and years. Um, but uh, you mentioned diabetes, and uh, I am the treasurer of ACB Diabetics in Action. And uh, I, you know, just kind of thinking through our membership list, I think that we can become much more diverse than we actually are right now with regards to all races, all creed, all color. Um, you know but uh, i I mean if we can do this equal outreach of, among uh african american and and people who are of color and and just get it out there that there is a, a diabetics chapter that exists an affiliate and uh, you know we can also raise the awareness there because we're doing some really good stuff in diabetes and and uh you know we we want to uh, have the participation of all people in our uh, affiliates. So if you can you know, include us in any outreach you do, please do, because we want to be a part of it all.
12: Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. And we can, we can have that conversation, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, you know, that that's definitely something that, that we can work on.
0: And Sandra, I think we're coming up on time. Not that I want to cut off Mike, you know, but.
12: Uh... But you want to cut me off. That's fine.
0: No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I know better than that. I, I'd rather get my dad angry at me than you angry at me. How about that?
12: I can't take <laughs> well, well, you know, like to Actually, up. I'd like to cut myself off because my food's here. So if there are yes. no questions.
0: So um, you want to give your contact information one more time?
12: Absolutely. Um, I can be reached via cell on 202 and via email DST 71992 at gmail.com so D and dog, S is in Sam T and in com 71992 at gmail.com thank you
0: beautiful thank you very much
12: Pat where'd you go? I thought we
1: ended. No, I don't know where Pat went. He was in the middle of a sentence, oh. but okay. <clears throat> well, yes. Oh, there you are.
10: Yeah, I am. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. Jane and Pat. This is Tyson. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We just need to take a quick second so we can switch over our
8: streamers. Yes. So it's okay. been yeah, a pleasure too.
18: working with you guys. Thank, Thank you, Sheila. you. Thank you. Sheila. You're welcome. And Katie is here. So Katie is your new host.